elusive spirits of the netherworld, heed us now. Talk to us, O shades of darkness. Give us a gleam of your essence. Give us a sign of your spiritual being. I think they're biting. Everybody, geez, what a rambunctious group we've got today. Welcome to Square Waves FM episode Beep. number 41. Will you cease oh, your infernal beeping, you woolly quadruped? Um, I was just about to say a word that starts with F, and it's, <laughs> and it's not the word you're thinking of. Formaldehyde. <laughs> That's the word. Fire truck. Fornication. <laughs> I'm going to go with dark. <laughs> okay, yay, we have a winner. So, uh, thank, yeah. thank you, folks, for that. Only time in his life. <laughs> Actually, I don't think hey, that's I, true. My, my ancestors won a free trip to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> they won it or they earned it? <laughs> well, you know, they, they might have done some things. <laughs> well, in fact, as I recall, Darth, I believe that, well, I know that uh, you and Bianca and I were on the same uh, game of uh, Quiplash with yes. uh, Rizalka a few months ago. We were? Yes, we were. Yeah, well, you remember? Oh, with the uh, awful Hangouts connection. Yeah, with Richard Cobbett, and I don't remember who else really. Oh, yeah, some Lots other queero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I know. She's all, she's all hopped up on scrambled eggs and can't be held accountable for her words, I guess. Pork. <laughs> oh, pork. <laughs> I didn't know started. eggs had that effect. <sighs> man. So, hi, podcasters. We're, we'll pretend that we have an audience, I suppose. We uh, have a couple. More, you know. <laughs> I, know, I know. If we did, then I'm sure they're long gone by now. We've got two guests along with us for the ride today. We have Darth Helmet and uh, the Space Trowels. Quest Historian Trowels. <laughs> hi, Mr. Mandel. Uh, hello, people who are no longer listening. Yeah, I know. Oh, very glad to have you both on the show. Welcome. And of course, we have our, our co-host, Bianca. Say hi to the nice people, my fellow mouth fiancé. No, you're not a fiancé. It just starts with an F. Wife. That starts with a W, not an F. Oh, uh, yeah. Feisty feline. I don't know. You're sniffing and burping. You're my. You're the only one for me, Tess. Yeah. Well, at least you haven't made any uh, lovely bathroom sounds yet, but you're still the one for me, I guess. Anyway... <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> what have we degraded to, people? Shit. Oh, we're only a couple of minutes in. New record, I suppose. I suppose. Uh, guests who are better behaved than the hosts. How are you guys doing today? Oh, we're not. Uh, I'm, I'm hungover. Um, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it was unbearably hot here in Australia today, so I bought a pool, so I'm pretty happy. Oh, Do wow. The surface it's of hot the there. Can we switch? Yes, Can we change weather? We'll, we'll, get, we'll send some of this winter your way. No, no. See, when I when my family moved to Australia, we decided we made the right decision. We we have summer. It's not yeah, no kidding. It's two degrees here in Toronto today. I think it's the coldest it's been so far since uh, the weather started turning down. So it's miserable. Are we talking here. Celsius or Fahrenheit? We don't talk Fahrenheit in Canada. I don't think any of our countries yeah. talk in Fahrenheit, do we? Except for like derisively. Yeah. What the hell right. is Fahrenheit and, uh, besides uh, a video game? <laughs> oh yeah, man, that should have been one of the games that, uh, on our list today. Well, maybe not. Uh, Fahrenheit? Uh, yeah. I love 
Fahrenheit. Oh. Why the hell would I ever hate on it? I have a love-hate with that game. I'll, I'll insult it. Oh, yeah, me game. too. I'll oh, well, like, why should we hold that? I mean, it's a good out. game, but it's yeah. got a stupid ending. It's It's got, well, the ending is like even. 75% of the story then. Yeah, it's like an amazing first 20 minutes or so. And then it just goes downhill. And then there. it starts swirling around the old bowl. <laughs> so you mean every David Cage game ever? I will have to take except, your word on for that. I've only except, played that one. Oh, and I played some of Omicron. Yeah, I played a little of Omicron. It's weird. Omicron's a little bit too weird for my, my like, better play it and keep going through it, but it seemed okay. I haven't actually beaten it. I didn't even get to meet David Bowie. I was very sad. <laughs> uh, but up, at, you mean the the opening sequence to Omicron is That's one of the best in the world. Isn't that great? It is. Except for the whole twaddle about, hi, I'm actually talking to you through the screen. Now oh. I'm going to transfer your soul. Ha ha ha. I know. Uh, While you're playing this game, I'll be controlling your body. Wait, what? <laughs> David Cage is not I'm exactly the king of subtlety. It. Hi, I'm David Cage. I ruin every game I write on. But wait a minute, here's David Bowie. Mm-hmm. And then oh, the David intro kicks Bowie in. Is the better David. Yeah, up to two, he's clearly the better David. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, this has been pissing me off. I've been looking at Brian's start menu for the last couple of minutes, and he has two friggin' Skype icons, and it makes me angry. Oh, one of them is yes, I do. One yes, of them is one of them is the consumer Skype, and the other one is Skype for business, which I use for work. Uh, when when have you ever used it for work? You're not allowed working from home, yeah, according to us, your uh, workplace policy. This and is the true. The only time you ever got it was through some leniency to prevent you from using let your me, vacation days uh, because me, the union forbids it. Is this your way of asking me to close my start menu, my darling? I suppose you could look <laughs> at it that way. My goodness. <laughs> I am nitpicker. not sober enough for this. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm too sober for this. We'll have to find some happy medium. Well, we could get you a glass of wine and start there. I mean, we got some nice Chardonnay in the fridge. You just open up an energy drink. I don't think uppers and downers are meant to be swirled about like that. Although it can hardly make her vocabulary any less offensive. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, this is true. Well, then, find a whole bunch of liquids and put them in a bucket. (laughs) Which is good. By the way, we were talking pre-show about how my last uh, appearance on the show was my uh, redemption episode. Uh, Today... um, I am coming down off of uh, Frederick and I playing. Um, um, we played Gone Home last night, uh, which was great, oh, great yes. fun. Christmas duck. Yep. Where'd you put uh, it? Did you put it on the toilet? Got... <laughs> Did you put the Christmas duck on the toilet? Did you put it on the toilet? Uh, no. We did Why not? not? Why not put the question anyway, back on the Anyway, can I finish my story, please? Yeah, please do. <laughs> <laughs> After, uh, it gets better. Oh, yeah. After we uh, uh, played Gone Home, we got immensely shit-faced. Actually, during Gone Home, we got immensely shit-faced. And then we started, you know, showing each other our vinyl connection. I know what you were about to say. <laughs> you invited him over to show him your etchings? Uh, yeah, my stamp collection. Anyway, and then, uh, you know, because this was after the show. Uh, and then Frederick, for some reason, suggested that we should play Loom. And I was drunk enough to go, sure, it's three in the morning. Let's play Loom. And we did for an hour and a half. And then I went to bed at like 5 a.m. or something, and I woke up with the most magnificent hangover. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, this is my, uh, you know, last episode was my uh, redemption episode. This is my condemnation episode. <laughs> well, it could be, but uh, today's topic I think will be appropriate for that state of mind, being as we are talking about games that we despise and want to clonk over the head with uh, with a trowel, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even begin this yes. to... Uh, and in, interestingly, Darkhelm and I prepared for this episode by sending us. I'm, I'm just I'm just talking over Bianca. Uh, we prepared for this episode by sending uh, each other lists of our favorite games 
just to, yes. you know, just to infuriate each other, I guess. Just to make sure we could pick out some nice, you know, nice games that would yeah. dig that dagger right in the back. Oh, fear I, not! I think I have a favorite game from each of the two of our guests today to uh, pick on. Actually, Darth, do you want to tell the dear listeners out there uh, how this episode came about? There's a certain uh, game that you really, really is. adore, but is afraid to admit. <laughs> uh, we started having our little disagreement about a certain game on Twitter, uh, Fate of Atlantis, because I absolutely despise Fate of Atlantis. Really? Yeah. I, I don't love it, but uh, I don't see what you would despise about it. It's, it's, despise is a strong it, I, Yeah, it's not the worst game ever made. I mean, it's a LucasArts game, and it does the job of you know providing a, a game to you, but there is so much padding in it. It's just, it's just like had it. It provides a game. Oh, great! It, it we should put that on the back of the know, box. It you know it works. It plays. You can get some enjoyment out of it, and then you get told to fly a balloon, and you have to fly to an X, and then you get told no, you flew to the wrong X. Fly it in this direction, and then you go there, and no, that's not the right X either. It's and you do that puzzle. four or five more times. That's not a puzzle. It is a puzzle. It's a it's a it's, it's a treasure hunting puzzle. You are literally expected to find X marks the spots. How is this but not it, a good? This is this is, is a fucking Indiana Jones. It would give me the hint of where the where it really was, and I could get there in one go. But you can't. No, that's what you land on the different X's for. This well, I guess X is in Indiana Jones, like the movies. It's not like you know they have those little cutaway dissolve scenes or whatever, where it shows the map and the line going from A to B. Yeah. But it's not like it yeah. goes to A from A to B, and then it's like, oh, whoops, this is the wrong X, and then it like boils no, all up into friggin' Kamchatka. Right. You're gonna head off to D, and then maybe off to E, and possibly back to A. Yeah, that's right. At least it's not Morpheus, where you go to different continents just to pick up a bottle of wine and then fly back because, oh no, you couldn't pick it up uh, uh, before you knew that you needed it. Oh, and you couldn't oh, look uh, up Mobius, that. Oh, you mean? Did I say Morpheus? You said Morpheus. <laughs> I, said Morpheus. <laughs> I was I wondering if you were going to talk about the Matrix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. Which pill are we going to take here? Yeah, Mo- Mobius is uh, pretty ridiculously craptastic for uh, stuff like that. Just... Well, just the first few minutes infuriating me, and I didn't play it. I wanted to like that game so badly. I had nothing but the highest expectations for. Me too. That That's really that, that was really the kick in the nuts for me. Was that you know Jane Jensen is a fantastic writer. I think mm-hmm. we can all agree about that. Yeah. Well, fantastic is a big word, but she's a very nice lady. Uh, and I've had <laughs> I think several... she she can write a good story. She can't design a good UI. There's that. Yeah, uh, I've, I've, I've had several discussions with the the, the grand old lady, and uh, she's uh, she's <laughs> sorry for calling her grand old. <laughs> uh, but I don't she, think she's that old. No. She might fight you. <laughs> she's not Roberta. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah. And I, and I had such high expectations for that game because it really, on paper, it sounded like the best idea ever, and then it wasn't. I think that's that's my problem with Fate of Atlantis. I went in expecting. <laughs> You know, I'd heard it's the greatest LucasArts game ever made. You know, they did an amazing job. And to be slapped with multiple padding puzzles, just like, eh, we need an extra half an hour in here. I'll just cram in a puzzle about spinning a submarine around. Um, it just <laughs> so, it, it let me down. I'm so glad you keep harping on Fate of Atlantis because I was, for a minute there, I was scared that we had left our main topic alone for too long. So no, thank you for Fate bringing that needs- back. Just right in there. Um, no, I, I, I will defend this game to my death, sir. You should. Uh, there are moments in there where I was like, this is great. 
Like they've done something amazing here. You just said you despised it. And then right after I get that feeling, it's like, oh, and now you have to jump across lava. Have fun. Uh, okay, I will admit that puzzle can lick my nuts. <laughs> you know, it's just every Ew, time there was a great moment, it, it let me down. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, at least it wasn't um, Phantasmagoria. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> How about we say this raging hard ons for when we actually discuss the topic? <laughs> I like your I like your definition of raging there. Actually, <laughs> uh, no one has a raging hard on for Phantasmagoria. <laughs> I, I like suppose it. Uh, at least one woman has a rage. I like that has, game, honestly. <laughs> she has a raging clitoris. What? Uh, oh, sorry, where, did, where am I going with this? Right. does say she thinks it's her greatest achievement. Which... Well, we're in good company, aren't we? Aren't we? Well, yeah. So she's so she's said. Well, anyway. Um, oh, you I, have a pre-show spiel, don't you? Yeah, I want to I want to cover a little bit of stuff before we get into our main topic, if I may. Dude, Otherwise, we'll wind up another Linux oh, episode. Like right. twenty minutes into the episode. Oh hi, we're the Square Wave Seven. What's new though? That's 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 our modus operandi around here. Um, I wanted to uh, first and foremost give a great big congrats to uh, Wajedi Games and to Francisco Gonzalez and Ben Chandler for having a little thing published in PC Gamer about their upcoming upcoming game Shardlight, which is yeah, really even cool. The bird is excited. I think it. Yeah, <laughs> they should be. As they should be. Um, I think it's a two-page spread. Amazing. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't wait to uh, play the final. I've only played some of the alpha and some of the beta. Yeah. But I, yeah. I've been hearing Congrats stuff to Franny from and Benny Singers. for that one. <laughs> yes. And, oh, I, I, have, I have a cameo in Shardlight. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Francisco uh, uh, DM'd me and said, uh, Hi, I have an important cameo role for you. It only has two lines, but they're very important. And I go, sure, this is going to be fun. And, okay, your lines are guy getting shot and guy getting stabbed in the belly. So, oh, it's not the same guy, I hope. Yes, it is. Oh, man, that's very thorough. Apparently there's an alternate puzzle solution somewhere in there where you stab someone instead of shoot him. Oh, sweet. And I'm the guy you shoot. Nice. Oh, good. My dreams come true. I'm suddenly looking forward to shot like just a little bit more. Yeah, I know. Yeah, me too, all of a sudden. I want to buy it twice now. And also, uh, some guy has a cameo in it, and I know his, his, his handle is awfully weird, because whenever you mention it, he's just some guy, but it's the uh, Overanalyzed Adventures guy, some guy. Oh. Uh, excuse me while I spray the idiots. See this? Oh, sorry. Spray no. the I'll back yes. down. You're, oh. yeah. No, the other idiots. Spray, trolls. Let's back away. Did you say spray or spay? Take <laughs> your pick. Take her pick. Yeah, she's uh, she's sprayed our idiots. We keep a spray bottle to shut up our budgies. Well, we were talking about Jewish heritages, uh, heritages, uh, Spain. and uh, I suppose a, a, a circumcision gone wrong is technically a Spain. <laughs> <I suppose so. laughs> that's a, that's a hell of a lot of wrong. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the the, huh? the Michael J. Fox school of uh, rabbinical studies. Oh, oh. just a slip of the knife. Oh. Uh, Son of a bitch, we're like way down in the gutter today. What's the matter with yeah. us? And I like Michael J. Fox. I am actually quite, I'm being quite well behaved considering I can go a lot further. You are the freaking catalyst behind this explosion. Are you kidding? Oh, good. She really did. She really did call us fags. <laughs> did, yeah. <laughs> I, I tried to keep that off the air, but now everyone knows. Nope. Nope. Um, <laughs> well, well yes, I called them a bundle of sticks because that's what they yes, are. Don't ask, yeah. don't tell. Yeah. And also in, in Darth's country, it's a cigarette. 
Yes. This is can, can, I, can, can, I, can I repeat the joke I made pre-show? Oh, please, please do. <laughs> uh, in Canada, it's also a cigarette, but they spell it with a U. Aha! Except we don't. Har, har, except for they, we don't call cigarettes that here. No, we don't. Hi. We spell it with a U. I, 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 I call it some sort of French except, thing. Except uh, you know, it would usually it be uh, it would be F O U G, but but then that would sound weird, wouldn't it? Because uh, we don't actually add you after A. Thank you, Mrs. Thank linguist. You. Yeah, really, cunning <laughs> linguist. I want, to, I want to give another congratulations, by the way, to uh, the Open Crowdsource uh, show, which has started Woo! its second season. They had uh, Chris Pope on last week, and I believe, is it uh, Jake Janurka next week? Yes, it is. The Paradigm Guy. The Paradigm Guy. I believe I'm... I was, paradigm. I was first aware of him from uh, the Backseat Designer season finale that I that you invited me to join on. And he was a really interesting guy, and I've since followed him on Twitter. And he's, like, hilarious. He's a very talented artist and, a, like, a really cheeky, funny animator and a really cool guy. I can't wait to, to hear his segment. Oh, I, I'm looking so much forward to it because on that season finale, he was oddly comatose. I mean, it was four in the morning for him. And yeah, that was he ridiculous. Said he, he said he had to keep his voice down and everything. But, That's uh, right. I mean... This is, this is the same guy who uh, – he's making Paradigm all on his own. This is the same mm. guy who has installed a, uh, um, a weight monitor on his desk chair in front of, uh, and set up a webcam and uh, hooked the whole thing up to a website called Is Jacob Sitting on His Butt? That's right. What? That is Brilliant. the stupidest thing I've ever heard. No, what, it's what's the point of that? Is there even a he point to that? He did say he wouldn't watch cat memes on the internet. <laughs> yes, he did it to motivate himself. Yeah. <laughs> Wants to make sure when he's sitting down that he's – uh, paradigming. Uh-huh. Oh, does that's, he that's shift awesome. when he does that? Uh, no, but he did, he did, you know, on the website it says, I, I could just put down a delicious Christmas ham, but that's why I installed the webcam, so you can see that I didn't. <laughs> I sure hope he turns that webcam off sometimes. It's very though. thorough. Yes, yeah, really. Um, there, there are some times that I hope he's not, uh, especially with the you last know, name Janaka. When he's ham, ham uh, gorging. You know, he when could turn it off any time, but ham. the people who are watching are enabling him. What? To not eat ham? No, to keep that webcam on. It's his webcam. I know, but they're enabling him because he's getting a naughty, which gives him some form of gratification, which perpetuates the cycle. Of what? Oh, right, uh, Ryan, did, did you yeah. ever, did you play Paradigm the Alpha demo? No, I did not. I didn't know there this, was one. The uh, the reason why I got on Jacob's good side and why he's in uh, uh, Open Crowdsource Season 2 is because he is phenomenally funny and weird. The um, uh, the, the uh, playable demo has him, you know, doing most of the voices. Um, in the first uh, like ten minutes, you walk outside, you meet a talking eggplant who proceeds to beatbox at you, and then uh, and, th and then tell you to go see uh, what's his name? I think it's like uh, the space the space jockey or something. Uh, he's he's a space he's goats. a weird old guy who collects boxes and uh, likes blowjobs, lots of blowjobs. <laughs> well. Who, and, it, who and it just it just gets weirder from then on. That's brilliant. I'm, I I uh, just stuck a link to this in the show notes. I am most certainly going to check this out after the show today. Really, yes, really um, should. It is phenomenal. What, what I've heard about from Paradise Games looking like it's going to be a an oddball, a good game, but an oddball. Oh yeah. Yes. Well, it's from be everything that Mobius wasn't. Well, from what I've <laughs> well, that was an oddball too, but not intentionally. <laughs> Yeah. Well, from everything I've seen on, on Jake's uh, Twitter, his, all of his little animations and, and the stuff that he just does for fun, he's so talented and so, like, snarky and yeah. kind of a dark sense of humor. I love it. I can't wait to see uh, what he can put together 
when he puts he's his mind to all, it. Yeah, he's, he's very surreal. He's got kind of an Eddie Izzard kind of style of humor. Mm. Uh, it's very train of thought, but also very dirty. Mm. <laughs> I was very surprised. I've, I've actually met Jacob once um, in real life, mm. and he was a very cool person. Oh, yeah, he lives under the sun, too. Yes, he does. He lives in the same city as me. Mm. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, he lives quite far away from me. Uh, ben, ben also lives very close to me. Ben three or four. Hmm. Uh, um, and I met them. I met Jacob when he was out with Ben and Grindelwald uh, by accident, walking through the city. Wow! And I happened to spot them by accident. Uh, yes, just uh, run ben into Grindel- two famous uh, game developers. Well, well, ben and Grindelwald were staying in my house, so I knew oh. they were in Perth. <laughs> I was going to be like, what? Were they the only ones that were like pixelated? Yes, it was very easy to spot them. They kept picking up everything and then putting it in their pockets for later, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> and one person was carrying a Christmas ham for no reason. Yeah, right. I did wonder about that, but, you know. <laughs> oh, did, uh, did Ben tell you about the whole uh, uh, Charles Cecil crocodile thing? Yes, um, he did that at my house. Oh. Yeah, something about hiding behind the couch and a very animated explanation. Um, I asked, he said Charles, Charles Cecil was a crocodile, and I said, you know, what does that even mean, Ben? <laughs> What are you on about? And he went behind my couch and looked over <laughs> and said, I'm Charles, I'm Charles Cecil and I'm a crocodile. And I went, right. Uh, Charles is now a crocodile. That is done. That is my favorite running gag on the Blue Cup Tools podcast. Is yeah. Whenever someone brings up Charles Cecil, Ben will invariably go, oh, he's a crocodile. <laughs> and Francisco will lose his patience. The, lose his shit right the embarrassed crocodilian log. <laughs> that kills me. Um, yeah. Ben is second... an older person that's a really good a really good guy. Oh as yes. Well as you are going to be drenched, Barbara. Oh yes. You don't shut up. Pardon me, my wife is just threatening small creatures. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> she is want to do. Ben is, ben is a fantastic guy. He's, he's a, a really, really cool guy. I've, I've gotten tons of hints uh, from him on how to make AGS do stuff that I can't wrap my small brain around. <laughs> and Francisco has sort of become the uh, you know patron saint of backseat designers and open crowdsource. He's going to be on for a second time in season two, live from Adventure X. In oh, terrific. London. He was your first guest, wasn't he? He was our first guest, and he's he's been very, very sweet to us. And he has the most amazing uh, giggle. <laughs> he does. It, it's sort of, um, it's, it's one of those nasal <laughs> kind of things. It's like a little girl's giggle. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> awkward silence. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't uh, like to mention often, but yeah, I've had Ben and Gunnar at my house more than once. Were they naked? Uh, uh, no, but Ben did sleep on Krindislav's butt. <laughs> what, he like curled up like a little, like a, like a stoat? Uh, like Krindislav like fell asleep and Ben was using him as a pillow. Oh, that's sweet. Does, does Francisco have a shapely ass? He must. Uh, I didn't look. Um, Ben's head was in the way. Oh, yeah. Ben does have a shapely head, so you know. <laughs> so you it go. all evens out. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah, we had we had uh, quite a few running jokes, um, like the great detective Poirot. Poirot <laughs> laughed about for a long time. <laughs> oh, my, my second favorite running joke on the Blue Cup Tools podcast is uh, whenever they mention Dos Nostalgic, Anatoly, uh, Ben will invariably go boyoing, and I've never figured out why. Oh, funny. often with Ben, there isn't actually a reason. It's yeah, just true. something that he thought of, and then he just keeps on going with it. This is true. <laughs> Did you guys ever? Uh, did you guys ever play their game uh, Spaceman in Space? <laughs> I haven't. I've played a few of their games. I haven't played that. One. Oh, that one I think really kind of captures their sense of humor. It's really, really silly. 
Yes. I, I don't think they I, are. It, it yeah, does. That's actually the only thing I'm, I'm slightly disappointed about in Shardlight is that they're going for a really, really serious game. And these are two extremely funny guys. It's uh, true. Um, I think it's because they want to step away from the comedy. They wanted to try something a little bit more serious in the post-apocalyptic style. So Yeah, fair I, enough. I'm, there'll be comedy in there. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm still looking forward to it. Sorry. I mean, Francisco put in the uh, um, uh, ethics and games journalism joke just for Fred and me. <laughs> oh, so uh, I hear it's right. probably not in the final game. I think he said it was a placeholder text. Oh, that's great. That's um, cool anyway. I, there was – I had something put into uh, Golden Wake. I don't know if it's still in there or if it uh, – when Grunislav was drawing uh, one of his scenes on stream – I, he asked for suggestions, and I just said fish and chips. Put fish and chips in there, please. <laughs> so he drew over the entire image a picture of fish and chips and then hid the layer. So <laughs> I don't know if that made it into the final game because you know, I assume he'd just clear out that kind of stuff. But uh, I, in my in my dreams, there is a fish and chips fighting in Golden Lake. Oh, that's there's, a, there's an Easter egg where you can you know uh, show that layer. It just goes fish and chips. Well, yeah. they probably render the they probably render all the layers into a flat. Image at the end. So. Yeah, that's that's what they do. Uh, but he, he could ostensibly put it in as an Easter egg if he had the heart. An Easter fish. Yeah. Did you have a pre-show spiel? Oh, that guy. He did. Yeah. He got about halfway through it, and then we just took him yeah. right off course. Uh, Not even. I, I, I try to say derailed, but that would be a nice way of putting There's it. There's no rail on this show. We're like uh, uh, a hot air balloon going from, from X to X. Don't wake the monster. Oh, yeah. Sorry. All right. Well, one oh, other thing I wanted to... Like a submarine going, oh, wait, no. <laughs> I, want, I did want to mention, um, Biak and I like to uh, watch a Twitch streamer by the name of Cobalt Streak. He predominantly plays... Cobalt Streak, nice that. Yeah, I misspelled it. Cobalt Streak. <laughs> he predominantly plays The Binding of Isaac, which is a game that the two of us rarely shut the hell up about because we love it so much. And in fact, there was like a, a three-minute delay between me saying hello to um, uh, good Sir Helmet, and then uh, waiting for uh, trolls to uh, come on to Skype, and I spent those three minutes playing Binding of Isaac. So that's the depth of my depravity. So anyway, I did say that you said it, and I thought it was I a did, joke, and then Steam popped up saying that you were playing. It's it. like, oh, it's for real. I can't get enough of this thing. So Cobalt Streak, he's. I've been watching him for about. We've been watching him for about two years, a little bit more now or so. Yep. Um, and he's a very dedicated streamer. He like quit his job and he streams. I think six or if not seven days a week for like between seven and ten hours or so every single day. Wow. Very, wow. very dedicated. And he's like ridiculously good at the Binding of Isaac. So he mentioned on his stream yesterday that he had just achieved his 2,500th subscriber, which is oh, pretty wow. incredible. So that means in Twitch parlance. 2,500? <laughs> so in, uh, in Twitch parlance, a subscriber, there are people who are followers, and he has I don't know how many millions of followers or tens of thousands of followers, but a subscriber is someone who agrees to pay $5 a month just to support him. So uh, I'm we, still stuck on the fact good. that I know it's 25th and you just said 25th. 2500th. And, and it's my second language. Oh, 2500th. Is what I said. So he's Canadian, and that's correct. Don't worry. Brian language. is correct. Two thousand five hundred. Take your second language, goes and shove them. Yeah, that's right. How dare you expand your horizons? Yeah, so just to just to put some math around this, that means that this guy who uh, quit his job, I think he worked at a supermarket or something, he's now making twelve thousand five hundred dollars per month, doing his playing video games in his basement. 
all day long. Are those U.S. dollars or Australian those dollars? Those are U.S. dollars. dollars. He's American. Yeah. So well, his Twitch, money's Twitch, actually worth something. I believe Twitch, dollars. oh yeah, Twitch I think actually supports different currencies, but this is in U.S. dollars. So that works out to $150,000 a year for playing video games and talking at a camera. 50,000 USD in Danish Kona. I don't know what it is in Kroner. What? You guys don't have the euro in your little life? Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah, he's doing okay. What? You guys yes. don't use the euro in your own dinky country? Oh, no, no, no. We're, we're very europhobic uh, mm-hmm. around here. <laughs> we're also a racist and xenophobic country. I really don't want to get into that. We're, uh, we're, we have a terrible government. We have a government so terrible it takes out ads in Lebanese papers telling people not to come here. Wow. Don't worry, the Australian government would Oh, yeah, wasn't your country the one that uh, <laughs> shipped all the Jews to Sweden during World War II? Yeah, but then uh, that was know, officially, officially we just bent over and took it. And then there was this uh, underground resistance that just went, no, we've been dicks enough. Let's just get these people out of here. <laughs> that, that was a very, a very brave thing for your country to do. To, yeah, yeah, except, except the, my country's official position was, do you want loot? No? Okay, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> to be fair, if I was the government, I probably would have said that to Germany as well at that point in time. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but too, but at the time, uh, I believe Japan was breathing down Australia's co- Australia's collective uh, yes. By that point, they would have been in Papua New Guinea, which is so close you could throw a rock. Or in uh, your case, probably a couple of poisonous snakes. Don't throw a rock at yes, my papa. <laughs> and you don't want to throw rocks at the Japanese. I mean... I mean, they're 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 well, we kids. They make funny cartoons, but they can they can fuck some <laughs> shit up. We threw a lot of things at them, and um, it didn't work out too well for us. <laughs> yeah, the Japanese I, are now very anti-military, though. They're they're yes. They they I think they had something in the news. Reads what the fuck are we talking about on our video game podcast? <laughs> can we go back to games now? Yeah, screw yeah. this. And don't you have a couple of corrections to Real make? Real world. Okay. World I, could go. I mean, okay. Seriously, last night we were playing Gone Home, and just as we we're reaching the ending. Fred on the stream, full of whiskey, goes, by the way, France has exploded. And it's just like, no, no, dude, dude, dude. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to put this in some sort of context here, and you're going on about real-world shit, and it's completely derailing. I mean, yes. I'm talking about this microcosm tragedy love story between two adolescent girls, and he's going, by the way, real shit is happening, people are dead. Is, no, no, dude. Oh, dude. those poor guys, the poor bastard, they didn't deserve that. I know. Anyway, there's no, there is no world, there is only podcast. Screw and games. And games. And Zool. And, and there, and yeah. And Zool, yes. And Rockstar Energy Drinks. Mm, yes. Super free because apparently it's sugar is backwards, but we can have all the caffeine we want. Well, I will uh, the, I will proceed to be the key master of uh, pre-show shenanigans then. I have two. Uh, no, Does that I come with a dental plan? And we will continue to derail it while you sit I'm there exasperated. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I have two corrections anyway from our lovely listeners. Uh Beep. From some BS that I <laughs> that I probably said that made no sense. Um, when have you ever said anything that oh, makes any sense? Never. <laughs> um, our, our guest from a couple of weeks ago, Robert Menez, he uh, gave me the correction. I flubbed the name of his co-host on their podcast, The Nostalgia Road Trip. Beep. His <laughs> it's not beep. Stop beeping, woman. <laughs> the the name of the, the uh, co-host is Edgar Velasco. So apologies, Edgar. I've, I've, See, uh, Edgar's a good name. I've, I've just learned Darth's uh, real name. I'm not going to repeat it here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Beep. And, uh, I have a missile now. Yeah, because I, I learned, like, uh, like Darth Nostalgic is Anatoly. Ikifu is Gordon. And Darth, ooh, kind of an underwhelming name. Um, no no offense. Very oh, no, uh, it's, it's a very normal name. Boring, horrible name. <laughs> well, that's what that's what our, our internet aliases are for, no? Yes, I picked a name that was much better. 
that I stole yes. from an old yeah. from a character in a movie. But, you know, yeah. honestly, you know who I think wins this comp- uh, competition is Richard Goodness. So that's a cool name, and that's his real name. Uh, that is a good name. That is a good name. That sounds like uh, the uh, alter ego of some superhero. Also, <laughs> also, also, Richard Cobbett because his last name rhymes with fuck it. <laughs> uh, sure, <laughs> kind of, maybe, <laughs> I guess. He's he's going to be our season finale guest. I can't wait for that. Oh, that's awesome! That that's is, awesome. I, I, Richard is an amazing guy. Yes. I can't believe he puts up with the shit I tweet at him. <laughs> I can't believe he puts up with Yeah, he he throws out his good fair share of shit as well. He was hilarious when we all played uh, Quiplash together. Yes, he is oh. incredibly funny and. Drop of the hat, he can think of something. Although he, that, although he like nobody voted for his stuff on Quiplash, which I felt badly about. I think he won the very last game, but we played like he a did. good ten games or so, and uh, he was too clever for the rest of us, I guess. I would we love to play them. Cards Against Humanity against uh, every one of my podcast friends, including Darth. I, I don't, I don't that. get that game. That game, you like? There's a bunch of shocking stuff, and you say it, and it's shocking. And that's like the whole game. You don't game. like that? Okay, we're back on me. topic, sir. You need to you need to try Quiplash, man. Have you played Quiplash draws? Fuck Quiplash. No, what? I haven't. Okay, we're, we got to get you. Quiplash is way better. Quiplash, you make up your own stuff. Everyone at once, please. For shock value. There is no purpose to it. Well, why don't you tell us the difference between Cards Against Humanity and Quiplash, dear? Okay. Since we've done, we did our own version of Cards Against Humanity on Nation States, and all it is is just uh, sentences where you fill in the blank where you're trying to be as uh, offensive as possible. Whereas, but you don't even fill in the blank, right? Yeah, you just you, play you, the you card a, with something that's not You get a bunch of cards, and you have wrong. to find a card from your uh, hand of seven cards that you feel fills in the blanks r- as close as possible, but is still humorous and offensive. Whereas Quiplash, you have, you're given a prompt, and you fill it in, and the idea is you want to be... Um, you want to be... Cheek and tongue funny, even if you're a bit... Uh, cheek and tongue. You want to be uh, cheeky, I, I heard, should I say. heard chicken hung bunny. <laughs> you want to be a cheeky little bastard when you write your answer. But you don't necessarily want to... You don't necessarily have to be obscene, but, you know, a bit of sexual innuendo goes a long way in that game. Well, as, we, as, we were pretty anywhere. obscene in ours. We kept typing Mark Dawson, and, yeah, that's as obscene as you can get. <laughs> oh, I kept saying uh, Jim Wall's balls. <laughs> Jim Wall's balls was a good one. I said that a few times as well, right. because it just, it's such a good... Just Jim Wall's balls. <laughs> yeah. That, that, uh, anyway, anyway, you guys, you are playing Cards Against Humanity with the wrong people, or you're just playing it wrong. Oh, well, see, the, about, the, the problem with Cards funny. Against Humanity no, is that you don't really – all you do is put things together that are already written down for you, whereas in Quiplash, you're you given a prompt and you, you have to make it up yeah, off the top of your head. Yeah, it requires your wit, which Charles okay, obviously lacks, which is why he doesn't like it. Who? What? Fine, screw it. I will play Quiplash <laughs> with my podcast friends. Well, damn straight you will. <laughs> All right. Well, but we're not gonna... Bianca because apparently she cheats. <laughs> what? Well, I don't cheat. Well. I, at, least, at least I have an imagination and I don't make every answer Jim Wall's balls. Like oh, some sorry. people here. That's the problem with playing these games with adventure game fans. All you do is make fun of Roberta Williams and Jim Walls and stuff. <laughs> it was, was a bit of a one-trick pony. Sierra joke after Sierra joke. It yeah, it was. I didn't mind that at all, honestly. But it became no, predictable. It was, it was what needed to happen. I really did. Did anyone bring up Codename Iceman? I'm pretty uh, sure. No. no, just Jim Walls, I think. And, and wasn't at one um, point there's some yeah. uh, some dude who kept being con- that was convicted of crime that kept coming up as a part of a running inside joke? Oh, right. Right. Was that? It's I don't really, even know who Mike Dawson is. Codename Iceman is Jim Walls' balls. Yeah. Yes. Yes, <laughs> it is. Oh, yeah, that Dawson oh, that dude guy. kept coming up. That's, yeah. 
I don't know who that is. And now I'm going to interrupt the train of thought because it's my soapbox time. I've already de- I already claimed soapbox time, and the rest of you are going to shut the fuck up while I rant. Oh, we actually have one more correction. I my cat oh, out fuck your corrections. Fine, you have oh, your correction. All right, I just want to say one more correction that we had from our beloved li- uh, listener, Avi Hayun, who uh, found a couple of uh, broken hyperlinks in last week's show notes. So thank you, Avi. I've fixed those. All right. Broke hyperlinks? You horrible person. I know. It's I like broke. I literally broke the internet. Yes. How misleading. All right, Bianca, you have a soap. You have soap and you put it on top of a box. Yeah. I am. Well, Brian and I are both uh, the designated computer fixers in the family. He takes care of his uh, side of the family. I take care of mine. I one of the people I've managed to know. I am no longer responsible for is my mother because she thankfully got an iPad and I know absolutely fuck all about Apple products. So. Yay me! It means Yay. I don't have to fix her shit anymore. However, my dad, who is a good, who is a great guy, has a desktop computer, and for some reason manages to break it despite my best effort to keep it fixed. I don't know what it is. I go over, I fix his computer. Five minutes later, Bianca, my computer is broken again. What'd you do? Uh, um, I'm just serving the internet. I was trying to download something. Uh-huh. I was yeah, using download, uh, my right. torrent, and now it's not torrenting. <laughs> I think my favorite one so far was, I can't log into Steam. Can you reinstall my operating system? <laughs> you know, like, did, you try to, did you ever try to recover your password? Never mind. Fuck, oh, now I have to look the and other cat on top of this, I... When we, uh, the last time I was over to fix this stuff, when I started Steam, it asked, oh, would you like to put in a phone number for password recovery? I look at him. I said, why don't you put in your phone number? I was, I could have done it for him, but I figured I'd show him how to do it because, hey, it's not my computer. It's his. And why not have him, why not enable him? You know, you can give a man a fish and feed him for a day, or you can teach a man to fish and he can, you know. Get his butt caught on a fishing hook. (laughs) Exactly. So I'm like. Here, why did you enter your phone number so you can recover your password? No, I don't want to do that. Of course not. You'd rather call me and keep your little special book. You'd rather, yeah, write in one of the six <laughs> books full of old passwords from the last 14 years. And then curse and swear and cry about how he can't find what he needs. And then when <laughs> I go to fix everything for him, what's your password? I don't know. Ugh. And speaking of broken computers, I just got, oh. there's my netbook. Yes, it was I, always I a slow piece of She's crap. still not done. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> She's soapboxing real good. She almost stopped. But Would you shut up? up? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. You keep grinding your gears, baby. <laughs> you know grinds my gears? Trolls. Moving on. Well, so I got my netbook back. <laughs> it's what I do. Yes, it is. And I also put your birds to sleep, so please, I mean, show some respect. Oh, are they sleeping? No, they're not. No, they're just soaking uh-huh. wet now. Okay. So I got this netbook back. You know, a few years Picture ago. Of computer and, and torture of small animals. I'm going to keep talking over trolls because he doesn't matter. <laughs> it came with Windows XP. That's cool. I and, <laughs> and it basically, it was a piece of crap when I bought it, but it wasn't, it, it was slow, but it wasn't intolerably so I could use it. That's all that mattered. I could shut it down and then restart it up when I got to class. So How long did he borrow your, your netbook for? Basically about two years. Two years. And complete, I managed to completely break it. The point that I started it up when I got back, and it just sat there and it did nothing. Eventually, a bass pops up and says, "Oh, we found fifty-four things wrong with this computer." I'm going seriously. How the hell are there fifty-four things wrong with this? So I'm looking through this list. I'm going, "What did you do to this computer?" 
I mean, I know it was slow, but it was not. I mean, it's like driving a car that you know has a couple of rattles and clinks, and but it works. And then giving it to a friend, and then getting it back, and all of a sudden, all the nuts and bolts fall at the bottom of it. It's like full of peanut butter. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so <laughs> I couldn't get X, Windows XP to work, so I basically dumped it. Put, <laughs> The Bentu on it, and now for some reason it works. For some and reason, it's not as slow. I'm going. Hmm. I'm starting to wonder what the problem is. Is it the computer itself, or is it the person using it? Personally, I'm leaning towards Pepcac. <laughs> I played a gig once that uh, kind of reminds me of that story. Really? Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with computers, but it does have something to do with. Uh, yeah, I was I was a drummer in a punk band for a while, because um, you know. You have to do something with your life. Um, and uh, the, day before, <laughs> the day before, the day before our troll the internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The day before our gig, I had uh, lent my uh, drumsticks, my graphite drumsticks, to uh, our guitarist. He was playing in a different band, and uh, what he wanted to write something down with them, and he forgot to sharpen them. No, he broke them. He somehow broke graphite sticks. I mean, wow. I, I've you know I've been told that I you know play the drums a bit. You know, it was a punk band, so you know. I hit yeah, I, I hit them pretty vigorous, vigorously. So I, I discovered yeah, so you just very make a bunch early of noise, on. Good for you. So you and Brian are not too different. You bang on some drums, he bangs on some pots. Same thing. No, but <laughs> I, I discovered pretty early on that I break uh, you know wooden sticks uh, too easily. So I bought graphite sticks and then I let them out. I got them back broken, and it was on the day of the gig that I got them back broken. It's like no fuck that. Uh, and then he goes, well, I bought you a replacement, and he gives me wooden sticks. Fast forward to the gig, we get two songs into a 16-song set, and the oh. sticks have already broken. Whenever I hit the cymbal, I hit them with my, uh, you know, uh, knuckle. So oh. basically, basically, I'm bleeding all over the drum kit at this point. That's pretty punk. <laughs> that was pretty that's punk, punk So you bled all over a drum kit, big deal. I bled all no, over a punching no, bag at martial arts class. The point is, we were the opening band, and we had borrowed the drum kit from the main band. Oh. They were none too thrilled. Oh. <laughs> Would you like some of my bloodborne diseases today? <laughs> so, yeah, did you cut another yourself thing open, was that our, our too hard? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk over Bianca because she doesn't matter. Um, the, <laughs> yeah, well, we can always uh, cut you off. The the other thing was that uh, our backup guitarist uh, had only learned half of the songs. So, at, at one point, he just went, fuck this noise, uh, took off his guitar then took off his shirt, then took off his pants, then went behind the drum kit and jiggled his balls in my face while I was trying to play the drums. <laughs> Again, kind of punk uh, rock. Back made really heaven. Annoying. I bet you love that, didn't you? That's punk rock. That's, I think that might be just... That's pretty I, hardcore. I guess it's percussive. <laughs> <laughs> I should have hit him. I really... I yeah, really. really. Yeah, yeah hit, I hit him. You, you had the broken sticks. Damn, well, you could have put them somewhere. somewhere. Anyway, the, the the reason I'm telling the story is that reminds me of Bianca's story, where uh, you give something or you lend something away, and it comes back utterly broken, and you go, "How the fuck did you do that?" Because graphite sticks don't break unless you, I don't know, uh, unless you try to beat a whale with them. And then you spend the next ninety minutes with nuts in your face. <laughs> <laughs> nuts in your face and bleeding knuckles. Yeah. That was my evening. Was that the name of your band? Uh, no, sadly, it wasn't. Should have been. Should have been. Should have been. Yeah. So seriously, this computer, I have fixed it <laughs> two or three times, and now I'm going back again next week. Hopefully, this this new Windows done. 10 update can get it done because his men his start menu will not open. I did everything on this list short of doing a reinstall. I even reset the fucking computer. Although you are the one who gave him Windows 10 in the first place, which I questioned. True, but uh, I asked him if he wanted it. He's like, okay. No, 
I know a way to get back in Bianca's good graces. How, how do you plan to do this? I'm, I have my Twitter window open in the background uh, because I have to look at uh, Darth Helmut's uh, favorite uh, games list. And uh, on my Twitter feed, someone is following a person on Twitter called Cunty Shitspaz28. <laughs> oh, what? Is that your mother? Oh! <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, well, that attempt failed. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got in your bag of tricks there, Charles? Uh, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> oh, you've tried. That's it. We're moving on. My dear, is that the end of your soliloquy? I believe so. Okay, that's good. Oh, I feel... does... Okay, but... Oh! It's a soliloquy, but I will leave, but I will use it as an opportunity so, to Darth, leave you into go play some the Windows 10 November update yeah, because... Yeah, right. That's what this rant is, is going to include since I did have. What to is it? Sorry, I didn't hear. The Windows 10 November update since I did have to fix my computer a bit for this update. You did? Yeah. After I installed it, I had to uh, go back and fix my uh, my graphics settings and my sound settings because first of all, oh, right. on my my uh, Sound Blaster uh, Z, it reverts <laughs> my settings from stereo to surround sound, which I don't understand. So you, this compete. I don't get it. Windows has nothing, it doesn't have anything to do with Sound Blaster. Sound Blaster is an entirely independent program, but for some reason, this is the one thing it always reconfigures is the fact that, oh no, you don't have stereo speakers, you have surround speakers. Here, let me fix that for you. Yeah, right, public service announcement. If you have Windows 10 and you have or are about to update to the uh, November updates, it may revert some of your drivers back to its default settings, right? So yeah, Sound Blaster reverted us to uh, us both to surround 5.1 sound. From and, stereo, uh, too. And our graphics cards uh, yeah. reverted to supporting stereoscopic 3D glasses. Which yeah, which to turn I off discovered manually. when I turned on uh, my Game of Thrones, the Telltale Adventure game. I was just curious to see if, it, if I actually had the uh, sixth and last episode because the achievements are appearing on Steam and I'm like, yay, it means I can play. Oh, it's not out yet. Oh, and in addition to that, I need 3D glasses for this to work. You stupid computer. <laughs> actually, that was one of the things that really surprised me when I was listening to, because, uh, uh, you know, I have a kind of a Square Waves backlog because your episodes are so damn long. So I've got like three episodes I haven't listened to, but I listened to the last episode. Oh, by the way, thank you for the shout out to my uh, stupid little album. Oh, um, always. Oh, that was a good one. I've got it. I've had it in an open tab for like a week and a half now. I was oh, surprised too. It's good. You're surprised something good actually came. It was out. very yes. good. She likes it. Why don't you? Why well, did you compliment the nice man, dear? Your music is good. <laughs> <laughs> You're a terrible person. But She's like in okay. the fetal position, shivering on the floor now that she said that. It almost killed her, Charles. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the point of that was, uh, on the last episode, uh, Brian was like singing the praises of Microsoft. It's like, I, I, I like Microsoft. I like OneDrive. They're kind of, you know, pissing up my neck at this point. Uh, but but I've always been on the Microsoft trade. And I'm, t I'm just sitting there going, okay, I've been using Microsoft products since I was like, uh, you know, 13. Uh, MS-DOS, uh, Five, then six, then Windows. I've, I've used pretty much every version of Windows there was, except for like NT, and uh, it, I even had ME installed uh, at some point. Hmm. Um, and I was just going, dude, really? You like Microsoft? I mean, they have done nothing but piss in my face for as long as I can remember. <laughs> That's well, their modus operandi. Every time a, a, a box pops up in Chrome that goes, Shardlight needs to update, I'm going, you need Shardlight. to shut the fuck up. 
Yeah, well, one day that'll be Shardlight the game asking to update. That's right. Oh, did I, I say Shardlight? Yeah, I you did. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Francisco and Ben. <laughs> oh, and can we have a special moment? Can we have a moment of recognition for the name Silverlight? It's a it's a clone of Flash that they tried to deny was a lot like Flash, and they call it Silverlight. Like, dude, a Flash. It sounds like a really bad beer. Yeah. Oh, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds like a second-rate uh, like hero for, that's supposed to be named after the Flash. It sounds like a, a beer for necromancers or something. <laughs> yeah. And the only reason that piece of shit is on my computer is because of Netflix for some fucking reason. Exactly. Uh, and, almost, and, then, and then sometimes it breaks uh, like Netflix doesn't again. work. Oh, actually, Silverlight is terrific. If there's anything that it does fan- fantastically well, it's video streaming. Flash does video streaming, but it's really memory leaky and can like you have to restart your browser sometimes, whatever browser you use, and that's why Flash? so many memory leaky. Never. I know, really. But <laughs> it's Silverlight is active waste, is what it is. <laughs> I mean, not, not that I, not that I like Flash. Uh, I mean, it's it's outdated. It's outmoded. HTML five. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, but Silverlight can just lick my nuts. Oh, Silverlight's How much very good for streaming lick audio. Your nuts today. There's a lot of nut talk today, isn't there? <laughs> there is. Yeah. Um, nuts are the, the topic of the day, aren't they? That's oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, okay. that, that is what we signed up for, isn't it? Gonads in yeah. society. Isn't that yeah. the course we're enrolled in? Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's Speaking of nuts, the colonel's request. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and while we're still on the Windows 10 <laughs> update, Cortana is a piece of fucking garbage, and it can lick my... Well, I don't have nuts. What can it lick? It can, it can lick my ass. Yeah, you don't have balls. It can lick my engorged clitoris. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Let, let, me, let me see if we can invoke something interesting here. I am so glad this is an audio-only podcast. Oh, I know. Hey, Cortana. <laughs> tell me a joke. Sometimes it's, lick my nuts. Sometimes it's really Cortana, slow. really? The barman says... We don't serve time travelers in here. A time traveler walks into the bar. Oh, that's awesome. I love Cortana's jokes. That's hey, Cortana, joke. go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's programmed to my voice. Although, this is what you were going to rant about, right? Fuck, I tried to train it to my voice, and instead of fucking responding to me, it wasn't even fucking open when I fucking asked it to. You're going to knock over a computer table, you. <laughs> no giggling. <laughs> And, and so just, like, he says, okay, he says, hey, Cortana. And then my computer fucking responds to him. It's like, you disobedient piece of fucking Tyler, that's a boss. that throws less tantrums. Oh, my gosh. Don't <laughs> <laughs> I mean, make that noise, though. Brian, you should spray her. Let's yeah, see. really. Give me the water bottle, dear. <laughs> I'm actually telling her that the water bottle so I can spray you. Oh, my that's God. That's not going to work. <laughs> All right. Are we quite done ragging on Microsoft yet? <laughs> Uh, I never will be, but I will shut up for the moment. Okay, you, you wife, you're done. (laughs) (laughs) I have before before we talk about uh, what we played this week. I wanted to uh, relay a story that my dad told me this week. Still on the opening spiel? Cool. (laughs) I know. Um, We're dragging this out, aren't we? Well, my my not not compared to other episodes, I suppose. But uh, I I had lunch with my dad this week, and he told me an old computer story. It reminded me of uh, some of the stories that uh, Tomer Gabel told us. Um, He said that uh, the first computer that he used in his uh, in his office at work. Um, it had an issue where every time he inserted a floppy disk, it was like a five and a quarter inch floppy disk, the screen would uh, turn off and just show like a horizontal line. And the computer would just turn off and then he would have to turn it on again and it would boot up and it would do whatever and it would work fine until he had to insert a floppy disk. And so a bald black man came in and showed him two pills. (laughs) 
<laughs> no. Mobius? No. No. Mobius. <laughs> Mobius. <laughs> so he, he called his IT department and like over the next week and a half or so, they like replaced the whole computer piece by piece trying to figure out what the hell was the matter. And in the end, my dad just said, okay, I don't really have faith that this is a working computer system, even though you've rebuilt it part by part, just get me a new one, please. And so they got him a new computer. It was even a different model. And he put in a floppy disk and boom, exactly the same thing, horizontal line. <laughs> and so at the end of the, at the end of the day, um, they like tested the computer elsewhere in someone else's office and it worked fine. And long story short, it ended up that uh, he had a carpeted computer area and he had to buy a plastic mat for his chair. And that solves his oh, computer problems. I had a that funny... <laughs> I had a funny ass floppy drive when I was uh, when I was an exchange student in uh, 97 98. My parents actually shipped over my desktop. Oh yeah, where did they ship you to? You delinquent. <laughs> they shipped me to New York State. Yeah, that'll learn you. Yeah. And and, and uh, uh, side note, I, I it turns out that I was actually living a stone's throw away from Stephen Alexander from IQ Adventures. Oh, Apparently cool. he was in my neck of the woods when I was a teenager. Huh. Cool. Um anyway, uh, the floppy drive on this uh, computer was lethal. When you hit the eject thing, it would not just eject the floppy drive, it would catapult it across the room. Sweet. If, if you had your face next to it, it would have, it would have sheared your face clean off. <laughs> Neat. Oh, you know. End Neat. of story. Neat. At least it came out. Yeah, true. At least, yeah. I hate Cortana. <laughs> We've moved on. Cortana's, she's, she's been beaten enough. I think so. Maybe I'll ask her for another joke later on. But let's leave her in the dust for now, shall we? Um, miracle of miracles. We've worked our way through the pre-show BS, and uh, I think we are just about ready to tell each other what it is that we played this past week or so. Uh, Mr. Helmet, as our new guest, why don't you go ahead first and let us know what you've been playing lately? Uh, well, uh, Fallout 4 came out, so I played that. Mm. Uh, I got Rise of the Tomb Raider today, which uh, I didn't mind the first one, the the first Tomb Raider reboot, so I'm hoping please, this one will be please. at least as good. Oh, that's not out for PC, is it? It's a console right now? Yeah, Xbox One only. Please tell me that's a mashup of Rise of the Triad and Tomb Raider. I oh, wish it was. It would be a much better game. Oh, is there dog mode? <laughs> is it what, what? Is there dog mode? Uh, I don't know. That was my favorite. Why is it whenever I hear Xbox Lara, One, so I don't yeah. think of it as the Some current system. I think of it as the older ones. Yeah, I know. Xbox One is another a miraculous Microsoft marketing naming <laughs> example. Uh, yeah. I was actually hoping they'd go for 720, but you know. I know. Microsoft does not know how to count. That's Windows 10 after Windows 8. Well, actually, There's wasn't it because of uh, the... Uh, Issues reg regarding the number nine because of uh, legacy issues. Oh, that's right. Well, that's their oh, story. Yes. That's, that's their one story. Of the that was claimed. That was a pretty good story, actually. Seriously, I cannot look at Lara Croft and not go, wait, WD 40 from Space Quest 5, really? Is there she has oh, yeah. That's a good analogy. She's, she's got much smaller boobs now, so. Oh, they. Not, uh, not too bad. Oh, they reduced oh, the triangles. She's also a rape victim, but let's not go there. She's not a not a rape victim, a sexual assault victim. Oh, no, okay. so she no still, longer still, that's, that's not where I was expecting the series to go at all. Yeah, I know. Before well, she was fighting... They wanted gritty and dark, and they got gritty and dark. Yeah, yeah no, that's, how that's, she, just, that's, that's like a 14-year-old going, okay, uh, let's write a story where Santa rapes a 13-year-old. How did, how did she like, get there from fighting a Tyrannosaurus Rex with pistols? <laughs> uh, reboot, that's how. I <laughs> guess so. Go, none of that happened. It's oh, amazing. I see. Yeah, but uh, how do you like Fallout 4, by the way? 
Hey, how do you like Fallout 4? Fallout 4 is, well, it's clearly Bethesda. Mm -hmm. There's no, um, but I don't mind Bethesda games. I've never run into the major bugs that other people have. Um, I've run into lots of minor bugs, but nothing catastrophic. Are you playing on uh, computer or on Xbox? Uh, I'm playing on PS4. Okay. That one. Um, and I prefer the controller for sort of FPS games. I hate, I like having a range of movement, not just W forward at max speed. Hmm. Um, and it's working pretty well. It, it's gone back more into the darker, scarier side that Fallout 3 did, that New Vegas sort of went away from. Um, ghouls now just lie on the floor, uh, and all of a sudden they start getting up, and you're like, oh, no. Hmm. Um, and they drop out of the roof and climb through the walls, and you suddenly you're surrounded, which is nice. You know, Fallout should feel claustrophobic. Nice. Here. The undead are attacking me. Oh, that's nice. Yes, yeah, Fallout always Fallout always had kind of a contrast of the claustrophobic enclosed areas versus like the the scarily wide open you can go anywhere and you don't even know where to go kind of a feeling. Yeah, that's that's what I get from Fallout 4. Like you you walk into a city and all of a sudden you've got a whole bunch of icons and you're like where am I going to go? I could go anywhere. And then when you go into a building all of a sudden you feel so constricted and you know that at any moment you could just have something jump out and hit you and you've got nowhere to run. Mhm. Mm so it's working well. It's still Bethesda. I mean, it's not Fallout Van Braun. It's never going to be that anymore. But it's what mm. you get now. Sure. All right. Anything else that you played this past while? Uh, just Dot. Day of the Tentacle. Oh, good choice. Good I, I am dying to replay that, but I'm waiting for the remake, even if it's like... Well, uh, I just kept hearing people talking about the remake and seeing images, and I was like, right, playing the game. They're going to play the original again. I'll never get tired of that game. That is no, such a brilliant neither. game. I have, I have played that game so many times. I could I could tell you the solution backwards in my sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, and I am cautiously looking forward to the remake. I mean, uh, Grim Fandango was a good remake of an awful game. <laughs> Darth, We're gonna uh, flat Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would agree with oh, you, trolls. I will. I will. I will meet you after school. Bring your friends. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, but, I have fun. Uh, the, 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 uh, the, the remake of Grim Fandango was a really, really good remake of an awful game. Uh, and Day of the Tentacle is not an awful game. So the remake, uh, if they're going for the style that I can see, like high-res graphics, re-recorded music, that's all I want. Please, go ahead. Oh, please don't add any new features or new scenes. Uh, yeah. Our new features Start are okay. They did an amazing they, job, they, didn't they, they, of the point-and-click controls in Grim Fandango in the reboot? That was fantastic. That was one of the things that I really loved about the Grim Fandango remake. It was brilliant. Uh, one thing they, they can add that I won't uh, be disappointed about is a commentary option because uh, yes. as much shit as the Monkey Island remakes get, Monkey Island 2 remake with commentary on is beautiful. Oh, I got to try that. I love it. I love the comment. And there was commentary option in Grim Fandango too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, never. I think there was, but I never looked into that. Me too. I um, love it. I love it. I, I even played. I even played Gone Home with the uh, commentary on. I love commentary. Oh, I didn't know that was an option either. Wow, it is. <laughs> and it's it's really interestingly done in Gone Home. You run over icons, and then the commentary starts. I mean, it, it's an option you have to you know click on, obviously, in the uh, uh, settings. But uh, yeah, it, and it's re really good. And and not only is the designer and the graphics artist and the um, uh, you know, the main voice of Sam uh, is on the commentary, but also one of the lead singers of one of the punk rock bands that are, you know, strewn around the you know, the, the house hmm. offers commentary. Oh, smart. That's, That's it's really great. interesting. Neat. Please go play Gone Home. Yes, please do. No. I, 
I did not reply last night, but fuck you. Just don't pl- <laughs> don't play it like Bianca does. Why? What's wrong with how I play it? Bianca flushed the, the Christmas duck. Don't play it like her. I did not flush the Christmas duck. I simply placed it on the porcelain throne. Oh, so you're a Bethesda developer. They love placing things on the porcelain <laughs> yeah. throne. No, Bethesda developers like placing things hovering two and a half feet above a table. Well, and then having it quiver. They've got that worked out. Um, Fallout 4, I have not seen... Uh, things suddenly drop three inches when you grab the other item. All of a sudden, like, physics turn on. Oh, well, They seem to have got that sorted. I'll get into that when I talk about my games. Don't we worry. I don't, I don't know if they've got a new engine for Fallout 4, if it's still the old It's game a Skyrim bar. engine. Well, the Sky- Skyrim one was the old game bar. They didn't get to use the new one because the company went bust. Mm. So they had to, like, retool the old one. Um, and I suppose that must be what Fallout 4 is as well, but it looks like it's been retooled again, or they managed to just fund the new version themselves. Oh, well, the PC version of Fallout 4 has the same crippling, terrible limitations that the engine for Skyrim had, which is why I'm not going to buy it. Oh, the uh, the RAM issues in that? It's issues with with monitors that support more than 60 frames per second. We Mm. have 144 frames per second monitors, which, uh, and um, Bethesda coded their game so that the physics engine and the animations oh, are tied yeah. to the frame rate. So if it goes faster than 60 frames per second, the whole game world glitches out, the AI glitches out, objects start bouncing around and stuff. It's completely unplayable. And it completely really cripples the future, like the longevity of the game. It may work today, but it's not going to work like two years from now when people upgrade their computers. There's a I think that's just, in there somewhere. I'm pissed off about that. Yeah, they're sticking with this same engine because it's been the same engine since Oblivion just being worked over is not... They really need to move on. Really? Because Oblivion doesn't do that for me. It, well, it's the same game bar engine, hmm. um, just different versions of it. Okay, well, I guess they've, they've, they've augmented it they've in been, unfortunate ways. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been a buggy engine. for like The, the, the RAM issues, the RAM drop... The, the um, Like, you can't use above four gigs until you mod it. All of that's been around for donkey's years. Mm. Um, and all the RAM leaks are the same RAM leaks in mm-hmm. each game, but then they have to patch them out again. Mm-hmm. And if, um, I can, so- if I can continue bitching too, has Bethesda ever designed an attractive like player character or an attractive NPC? Their worlds are gorgeous, and all the people the full- look idiotic. The Fallout 4 ones do look better. They look better, um, but they, they still look change- wonky. And the animations are crap from what I've seen. Yeah, the mouth just kind of flaps. Hey, look at corpse. But they they are better than what they've been before. They've done something. Yeah, they they I don't know. They they make so much money off of this series. How do they not have better uh, character modelers? I don't know if it's limitations of the engine or what, but they. I, I think I think a lot of it is tied into the engine. Um, I guess so. I don't know because they they do get better at it because each time they sort of get a little bit better. They um, do get better, that, but they're way behind the rest of the industry, if you ask me. They've still got the same voice actors as well. Um, it's less noticeable in Fallout 4, but every now and again you hear someone, you're like, that's someone I know from Oblivion and Skyrim and Fallout 3. Mm-hmm. And, from those other, and from those other seven guys I already saw in this game too? <laughs> yeah, obviously the, they've got a group of voice actors that work in-house to do NPC dialogue, just churn it out. Yeah. Um, they're a bit better. I did hear Moira. From Fallout 3, um, mm-hmm. but it was only momentarily. So that voice actor was trying to put on something else, and then just for like one line, she slipped back to her normal voice. And I was like, oh, you're Moira. 
See you doing here. They've been doing that since what? Oblivion? Like, get over since, it already. Yeah. It's been like a decade. How have they, how have they not advanced past this? Yeah, you got the same five people. You know, you know them. Exactly. Sounds, sounds like a cool job. Like, in-house voice actor. It's kind of like what the Sierra were doing with their first CD-ROM games at the uh, start of the 90s. Let's just get yeah. Jim from accounting to go in and, uh, hey, you're now a fishmonger. Go. Well, the voice I acting in Bethesda games is great. They found people that could do it. But they have great voice actors at Bethesda. They just don't have enough of them. Yeah, they, they need a lot more. Yeah, they're very <laughs> like, good. Like, like, seriously, in-house voice actor. I would love that job. Oh, and by the way, can I just say the best Bethesda character name ever is from Oblivion, uh, Tudius Sextius. No, that was Skyrim, <laughs> I think. No, I think that was Oblivion. Oh, yeah, Oblivion. Speaking of Oblivion, it finally came of... back to me. The name of this town I was trying to remember what? where I went on a rampage in order to write a blog post for Brian. You? What? Rampage? No. <laughs> Chain Hall. That's where I was. Oh, thanks for that. Uh, sorry, I just couldn't remember. And it just occurred to me, town, Chain Hall. <laughs> Thanks for that. And I'm like, I decided this was an speak. This is actually uh, an example. I was trying to think of this name from last week's episode when we were talking about emerging gaming. Right. And I'm going, what is the name of that place where I just went on a rampage and killed everybody in town? It took you a week and another podcast to, for it to come into mind. That's good. But yes, chain That's That was what I was trying to remember job. last week. Back to the future. <laughs> that's what that's what Bethesda's got going for it. I think emergent stories. They they they're very good at the subtle storytelling of like uh, small item placement that tell you a, a little story about what happened. They're not so good at writing a main storyline, but no, they give it. They give enough open world that you can go. I can make my own story, and I can spot their little stories, and that's what they do well. That's true. Um, but, they do a better job to hire a better, better main storyline. But then again, all the Fallouts have very basic storylines. They're very simple. Um, There's a dragon. Go kill it. Right. Well, Fallout. Well, not Fallout. Fallout's <laughs> find your dad. Or, oh, it's find your son this time, I heard. Uh, well, it's find, find your baby. But um, <laughs> all right. the, the, the plot twist or the, the small, like, um, the dad, uh, the, the parent at first believes that the baby was stolen just recently. Um, and quite clearly, that's not what happened. Instant lights. Bethesda treats car- uh, players a little bit like they're idiots. Um, nope. I just want to be in the room for that, uh, you know, a plot meeting. Uh, you just go, okay, what trope haven't we used? That uh, dead yeah, dad, cool. yes. Uh, dead mom, yes. Dead parents, well, that's both of them, really. Uh, <laughs> dead brother, no. Lost brother, dead, okay. Dead dead with that. Yeah. It's always the brothers. Well, it will be next time. <laughs> Well, uh, do you have anything else before I before I go into my list? Or has Trolls Fallout, talked? Trolls hasn't gone yet. Fallout 9. I have to take a piss. <laughs> in the future. Well, I, it is honestly, a pretty dangerous task in the Fallout world. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I know. You try to pee and instead you end up drinking out of the toilet because you clicked an inch yeah. away. Oh, slurp, this, this slurp. Slurp. Not again. Mm, so thirsty. That is, mm. oh, that is just that is adventure game logic right there. It's, I clicked the hand icon on the toilet. I wanted to take a piss. Uh-huh. You scoop down and uh, reach into the toilet bowl with your hand and sob at it. Yeah, that's right. Your use button. <laughs> at least it's not Jane Jensen. You're trying to use the door. No, that's not the correct option. Yeah, that's right. Find the open door icon. Please. Drive home halfway across town and open that door instead. Then come back. <laughs> oh, uh, oh my God! The icon bar in Gabriel Knight one. <laughs> oh, oh somebody. Should I use open or should I use uh, – oh, uh, should I use talk to or should I use question open, or should I use, up, uh, use shoot the breeze? Push, pull, I... fuck, yeah. <laughs> Too many buttons. You'd, you'd think someone at Sierra went, Jane, this is a great story, but um, we can do the UI for you. 
Just step away. <laughs> is she the one who designed step the UI? Away. Did she design the UI? I don't, I don't know. know. I assume she, she, she must wrote. have been part of it. Yeah, she wrote the documentation. She must have been aware, at least. And I did I did read... Uh, uh, actually, I saw the interview that she did. It's on the uh, uh, original Gabriel Knight CD. There's a behind-the-scenes kind of thing. And her reasoning behind the overly complicated UI in the first Gabriel Knight game was that uh, she found the traditional Sierra interface uh, too assuming. Like, if you click the hand, the hand icon especially was kind of like a catch-all for, I want to push it, I want to pick it up, I want to fondle it, I want to caress it, I want to do whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to molest it. And she just went, no, you have to sort of, uh, you know, split it up because, you know, old partial games, you can type in any verb you want. Um, instead, instead of realizing what uh, she had on her hands, she made a use icon, a pickup icon, a push icon, uh, a move icon, and everyone would default to the hand icon anyway, so fuck it. Which is the correct icon to use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was there. Uh, Gabriel Knight is one of the games that I dislike. It's not hate, because it's a, a half-decent game, but I think it's a little bit overhyped for what Ooh, it is. Fight. Oh, I've, I've always yeah. loved it. The, I've just fight. loved it for the conversations and stuff. The, the, the conversations are so in-depth and interesting. I forgive it. It's I, many flaws. I think it goes a bit too far. It's like all of a sudden you've got like 20 different topics to talk about. All you really need is one of them. That's that's the key topic. It's Everything true. else is just fluff. The only way you can get away with that is if you're a good writer. And that's why I give it a yes, pass. She, she was a good a good writer to get away with that. But, yeah. but really, was it was it fluff or character development? Come on. Well, I don't think it was because it was... Well, you have what a 25-minute conversation with the gravedigger you just met. What What I really love about Gabriel Knight was the uh, t- "just tell me anything" button because yeah. that really, that really just—I mean, some some people just go, "Why the hell would I ask this?" And every time you click it, you get a random factoid about the person. I love that too. Which, which is really, really—it's uh, good character development. And you get to hear Tim Curry say that. Just tell me anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tim, I'll tell you lots of things. <laughs> Like how to take your pants off. <laughs> Moving That's hastily on. Huh? your liquid. <laughs> Did you play anything else, Darth? No, that's that's only the three games I've been playing. I don't have a lot of time for playing lots of games. Otherwise, I end up not playing them enough, uh, which is annoying. Sure, you play you play change the diaper. No, well, no, he's seven, so he knows how oh. to poop himself now. But. <laughs> I should hope so. He knows so. how to poop himself. I think they're born that way. <laughs> no, no, he knows how to deal with the poop himself. You know, once it's done, he knows how to do all the rest. Oh, but you know, you gotta. It, if when I sit down to play, it's either I'm going to sit down for three hours and I'm going to play, or I've got fifteen minutes. So sure, uh, either it's an RPG or it's fifteen minutes of one of my favorite adventure games. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, um, you're amazing I, how far you can get in 15 minutes in the Sierra game when you know what you're doing. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you, you can basically breeze through Phantasmagoria if you skip all the cutscenes. Yeah, right. Well, that, that game is 85% brushing hair and looking in the mirror. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we spent millions on this. Why? I know. What's this? A cup? I've never seen this before. How does it work? It has a bottom. It's round. There's a bit where she looks in a mirror and it shows her like a reverse shot of the painting behind her and the painting changes. Mm-hmm. That's a great shot. Yep. But then it does nothing to build off of that. It, yeah. Like she doesn't react to the change. She doesn't say anything because she doesn't say anything about anything. But you're just like, you could have done something right there, Roberta. Yeah, exactly. Could have done it's, something. It's supposed to be mood building. I know what they were going for. Just a, they could have even spooky, done spooky something subtle with the facial expressions. 
like just like a flicker of acknowledgement without you know an well, overt reaction. In defense of the of that game, and I'm sure I'll be the only one to do so. She later on like notices more overt supernatural things, which she does react to. But in the beginning, it's kind of like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink to the viewer from the narrator more than the character. Pretty pretty close in the beginning, you can make her touch repeatedly an electric chair, which she gets a shock from. Yeah. And she makes no mention of the fact that she's being electrocuted that over That is stupid. And over what the and hell? Over. Just, just How can you touch an electric just chair out. and not have any sort of reaction? Well, what are you, ouch. Vulcan? She goes ouch, but she doesn't really, that's not a deterrent no, for like, her. Why did this electric chair shock me? It's she kind of gets me. off on it. <laughs> exactly. Why is there an electric chair in my house? Let's never ask this question. In this Victorian <laughs> mansion before this electricity. Way? Yeah. I will, I will say, however, that uh, Phantasmagoria, the first time I played it, I uh, went through the entire story. I think I brushed my hair a million times. Um, <laughs> and I saw all of those little ridiculous uh, cutscenes of, of her opening a drawer, then closing it, oh. then standing around pondering for a few minutes. And I missed That's about right. half. I missed about half of the death scenes, you know, the death cut scenes uh, where the magician actually kills people. Oh, those are awesome. I, yeah, the, the whole thing stupid. about walking around at, at night when all the mirrors are active. Mm. I missed about half of that shit. And I didn't know you could go out and, uh, out into the garden at night and watch, uh, you know, this little cutscene down by the, uh, what's that thing? Like, uh, it's a trowel. The, <laughs> not the trowel. Actually, the, 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 the trowel. trowel it is a trowel. Yeah, the trowel. trowel scene, I did trowel. catch. Oh, okay. Right in that chick's mouth. Really can't miss the trowel scene. That's what I thought. Uh, Trowels. I will, I will also say that Phantasmagoria is a very, very funny game if you play it with sensor mode on. Beep. Oh, is it? it it's fucking hilarious. There's especially um, the part where um, you come across, uh, what's her face, the gnome that's hiding out in your barn. You know, you the psychic. The right. Yeah, the psychic lady. At, at the one point, with a giant, stupid son. Yeah, the idiot yeah, man child. Exactly. Yeah. At, at, at some point uh, late in the game, like on CD6 or something, uh, Don scalps her. Sport. Right. Um, and you get a close-up of her being scalped, like a bloody scalp, everything. Uh, if you have sensor mode on, someone went in with MS Paint, I think, and painted her little gnome hat on. It's fucking Whoa. hilarious. They ran out of money. Shit, <laughs> I gotta see this. That's great. <laughs> it's not. It's still Phantasmagoria. <laughs> we should. We should. We should totally do that on BSD plays. Play Phantasmagoria with sensor mode. Oh on. please! Oh, sorry. And then be be like extra foul mouth, of course. We, we definitely have to get we because have of that saying. Like do a crowdfunding thing to get uh, Fred a case of whiskey just for that one. <laughs> I, I do think I will say that there was a core idea in Phantasmagoria that could have made a good game. Um, sadly, the idea of using FMV and two actors who barely know how to act and a bazillion CGI scenes, just everything got stripped out of it. Especially having uh, Adrian not talk. That, I hate that in adventure games. I need a talking character to tell me about the world, um, not to just mm -hmm. look in a mirror and then look away. I've played a few adventure games where the protagonist is very stoic and doesn't really describe things. For instance, um, The Walking Dead series by Telltale. Well, you'll like click look on something and it'll just zoom in on it a little bit and then it'll return mm. you back to it. I don't mind that. That's just kind of the tone that the narrator is said is giving you. Like I figure if something was important to know, then the game would tell you. And I do enjoy well, very it much. It doesn't tell you anything. So. It doesn't tell you much. I know. But I, I do enjoy like hearing a, a, either the narrator or the protagonist's thoughts when you look at something. But I think it's kind of like a valid narrative device to do that as well, to be quiet it, about something. It can and be you... if you have the visual skills to show. Yeah. 
Uh, but using the FMV and the real actors, they didn't have the ability to show properly. Um, so instead you had her looking vapid because she had no idea what was in front of her. I guess so. Um, she, so she's got no real connection to the world around her. It's the same problem with a lot of CGI-dominated right. things. And it's just the, the, the actors need something to act towards. They can't act towards a tennis ball on a stick. Right. Then again, then again, you've got Gabriel Knight too, which is a fantastic game, but every time you enter a conversation and once you sort of end the conversation, they stand around and look at each other and nod their heads for mm. a long while, just waiting for the director to go, cuts, we're done. That's true. I didn't of, know about the edit feature and the uh, video software in that one, I think. <laughs> right. Well, they, they had an extra True. 400 megabytes of CD-ROMs to fill up. So they- and, 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 you know, Phantasmagoria, uh, it gets a lot of shit, and deservedly so, because it's a 7-CD game, and you could... I mean, this is a lesson in you know, uh, editing your down your we- story. You could literally throw out the first five CDs. It's not worth yeah, it. The, it's the, only- the, the beginning of the game is just, oh, is my husband turned evil? Possibly. He did try and rape me. <laughs> <laughs> you could put that on a cutscene, really. I mean, the entire first, you know, five CDs of this shit, you could put in a, a twenty-minute cutscene and be done with it. Well, and it's like eighty percent is the same content of you walking around the same house and seeing yeah. the same cutscenes. <laughs> oh, oh, the the painter's rag has got slightly more paint on it this day. Oh, that must hey. take four hundred megs. Yeah. Also, the whole fundamental idea about Phantasmagoria is flawed. There's a writer and a photographer. Neither of them are very good at their job. I mean, I mean, uh, Don is shooting some fucking mountain in the opening cutscene. He's not doing a very good job. Adrian is a writer who doesn't fucking write. They can no, buy no, a giant mansion. Her. Uh, oh yeah, it's like the yeah, sixth, sixth day. Her computer's like, get the fuck out. And she's like, oh, well, what should right. I do? Get the fuck out, bitch. Well, it takes her all day to like open and close that like brick of a behemoth of a laptop she has. Anyway. I think that was Roberta's laptop. That's the thing she actually wrote Phantasmagoria's storyline on. <laughs> and and that, that was actually the entire design document was just her laptop going, fuck you, lady. Get, just get out. Move. Just get out. Yeah, right. That was the scariest part of the whole game was the laptop. It was. You looked at it you're like, wow. And it's not plugged in. And yet it survived six days of battery life. That's magic shit right there. <laughs> Someone sacrificed a baby to the devil to keep that laptop going. I, I, I have to admit I would sacrifice a baby to the devil to get better battery life. <laughs> yeah, wow, that got dark I, I, think core, I think the core idea of uh, a magician who doesn't die when everyone thought he died, possessing someone else and trying to make them evil, you, know, you could make a good horror game out of that. You know, trying to, yeah, <laughs> no, that's not wow. a good game either. Is that a good horror game? Yeah. No, well, it's, it's, a uh, good, it's a good logic puzzle game. Yeah. What, what I like about Seventh Guest is it's uh, uh, not the puzzles themselves, but the story is told sort of asynchronously. That's the word, right? Uh, and you sort of have to, have to piece it together yourself. I mean, Daniel, Stacy, and I uh, spent an entire evening just sitting down going, okay, does that scene come before that scene and what happens then? Is there something it, coherent behind all that? There is. Isn't, isn't there most of the versions of Seventh Guest are actually out of order by mistake? Like they have the wrong video clips playing? And uh, some of them no, don't no. play when they're supposed to. Really? No, no, no. I'm, I'm pretty about, sure. Like, the, whole, the whole maze thing like plays the wrong video clip. No, I'm pretty mm. sure they. It's it's intentional. I mean, you couldn't have because there's you know like there's a fight breaking out in the piano room. You couldn't have that. Um, it's it's not it's not being played out of. It's being played out of order intentionally. I think some of it is, but I think some of the other. I think it's 
some of the versions were wrong. Uh, but I might be thinking of the eleventh guest for all I. I the eleventh guest. The eleventh hour. The eleventh hour. The sec. The sequel. That's now the sequel. that. Now that game, I desperately want to sit front down and just watch the sixty-minute uh, video of the entire movie in that game. Just skip all the puzzles because that is some hilarious shit right there. Can you do that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once you beat the game, you can uh, put on a movie uh, mode and just sit down and watch the entire movie, oh. which is just. Fucking stupid. I mean, there, there's a reason why the houses are rapist is a, an inside joke over at Backseat Designers because that is fundamentally the story of the game. The house is a rapist. Oh, it's I've not. Got, it's, it's funny, but not really. No, and it's it's never funny, unfortunately. Which is why it's odd that Roberta put that into Phantasmagoria, then does nothing with it. <laughs> in Phantasmagoria, the house is uh, a rapist in sort of a, a, a proxy kind of way. Because uh, the house possesses the husband, who then rapes her. The, the magician, the magician possesses the husband, the magician's oh. soul. Um, uh, all right, cool. I'll, I'll accept that. Supposedly, that's that's that. When I played the game, that's what I managed to get out of it. That's about it. Yeah. For the first five fucking CDs. Right. Well, Just, he was supposed to have died in a magic trick that the wife and her boyfriend, her cheating boyfriend, yeah, set up to kill him. Right. But then he didn't die, and. They thought they found his body, but that was actually the boyfriend's body, and he snuck behind the fireplace. And you didn't beat the game and you got all of that out of it? I watched a couple of Let's Plays. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> oh. I, I did want to see the ending. And I forget if there's two endings or just two different ways to get to there's the two, ending. There's the, there's the short ending and the long ending. Okay. Because uh, there's like the short one where you can get it done, but that's not the true ending. The true ending is the long, where you got to run away from him for a long time. Right. And then you, you get him to the right spot, and then you can kill him. And it sucks, too, because it's like – it's very trial and error, where you have to click yeah, the right thing on the right area. Oh, fuck. It, it turns into fucking Dragon's Lair. It does. No, yeah. It's well, the whole the last CD. does that as well. The, you've got to run away the correct way. Hope you know what that is before, because you're not going to work it out without dying. Yeah, that was annoying. That sucks. Uh, interestingly, though, uh, the only reason that Sierra started putting out Cocktail Vision games – was because they uh, acquired Cocktail Vision for their video engine, uh, which, which was, was used advanced. in Phantasmagoria. Interesting. So all of a sudden they had, this <laughs> they had this library of French weird games, and I really mean weird oh, games yeah. on their hands that they had to localize and release. Is That's that right. the, the Goblins and all that? Goblins, that Ween, Lost in Time. Inca. These are... All magnificently weird. Very beautiful, very high production values, but like incomprehensible. Well, you know, yeah, you especially Inca. You got to prioritize production you values. Do I make this look nice or do I make it understandable? Exactly. They uh, they went for the first one. Let's just. <laughs> uh, although I did just pick up the uh, goblins one, two, and three bit on the GOD uh, fall sale. Mm. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to going back to that. Although I've been told by Dustin Stoutic, don't play the CD versions. Oh really? Yeah, there's there, there's differences with the puzzles and stuff, like major differences apparently. Mm. Really? Um, yeah. I thought it was just that they got slapped with a copyright notice because they apparently sampled a bunch of uh, what's his name, Chuck Jones uh, cartoons. I think it's um, I, I've only watched Let's Plays of the Goblins games because I find them near incomprehensible to work out what to do. Oh, they I are. think it's the second one where there's a whole scene where you've got to like um make like you you click dragging hands around a potion thing to make something and the cd version and the floppy disk are different um 
Okay. I think because they got the CD, they had extra space, they decided to vamp it off or something, you know. Too bad. Yeah, whatever. I've, I've been told not to. Anyway, uh, are we still on the opening spiel? Yes, we oh, are. We're, and you, we're and do you're raging hard on about how you don't like Phantasmagoria. Oh, we're talking about what games we played. Oh, really? It's your turn. No, I think he relinquished that. No, he didn't. Oh, nice. Well, for the last, I don't know how long, it feels like forever, I've been playing Broken Age and I've been playing Kentucky Route Zero. And and I said this the last time I was on the show, so it's been a really, really fucking long time. Yeah, I read read your uh, blog post about this. uh, And I kind of got a a bit sick of uh, both of those games, even though I'm kind of, I'm at the end of Kentucky Route Zero. So Uh, anyway, uh, so just to... um, uh, just to sort of cleanse my palate, I played a game that uh, Ben, Ben Chandler, boy or young, uh, gave me for my birthday, uh, which was Bulb Boy. Bulb Boy? I had, yeah. I had no idea what this was. He sent me a lovely birthday card that just said, uh, ass, 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 love, Ben. Ass. Sounds like Ben. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I had no idea this game existed, so I just booted it up and uh, played the first part of it. Actually, I tried recording it for my Let's Play series, and uh, the, uh, my computer's not powerful enough to do that, so I ended up with 20 minutes of completely unusable footage. But the game is really, really interesting. It's one of those non-verbal games. We're talking about you need a character to tell you what's going on in the world. This is a completely non-verbal game. Huh, it's beautiful. Uh, I'm looking at the screenshots. Yeah, uh, and it's got, a, I mean, it starts out kind of cutesy, like, uh, hi, I'm this little guy. I've got a light bulb for a head. My grandfather is telling me a story. Also, his uh, face is shaped like a bomb, but let's, you know, <laughs> never mind that. Uh, and then I go outside uh, or into the hallway, into my bedroom, solve a couple of puzzles, and then my grandfather gets, I don't know, killed or kidnapped, I can't really tell, uh, by this huge black swirly nothingness with tentacles in it. And all of a sudden, my house turns into this house of horrors, like tentacles shoot up from the floorboards, and I end up having to hack them off, and blood spurts everywhere. I'm like, okay, I'm interested. <laughs> so I um, really I really have to play this game. I mean, Ben, thank you. Thank you so much for that. That's pretty You're talking about your ass now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just, I just want to sit Ben down and just go crocodile at him and watch him, you know, dance just, around my couch. You hide behind a couch and then he just pokes his head up. It's, it's amusing. It's perfect. <laughs> I really want to see that. Ben doesn't strike me as a very animated person. He, in real life, he is. He is. He's also uh, tall. I am taller. I can unequivocally state I am taller. I don't care how tall he is. He also wrestles sheep, so he's quite muscular. Well, he's got that on me. Sure. I couldn't, so I couldn't wrestle. I couldn't wrestle. Like, but he did. Uh, Okay, but I couldn't wrestle my cat if I wanted to. Yeah, what what um, do people wrestle in Denmark? Um, Mermaids? Windmills. Uh, well, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you got that whole statue in uh, Copenhagen. Is that for wrestling? I don't know. Molesting, maybe. It's got uh, bosoms. What really really fucks me over is that Gareth, of all people, the man has a PhD in history, and he's really into wrestling. I don't care. I'm into wrestling. Wrestling's mm. fun. Really? Oh, my God. Meet me after school. It's like wrestling um, is like, too sweaty men calling over each other pretending they're not homosexual. Actually, don't meet me after school. <laughs> I liked uh, it when yeah, I was like yeah. nine. So that, that that's really weird. Uh, I, I suppose we have wrestling in Denmark. Who cares? No, okay. so you wrestle each other in Denmark is the answer to my question. That's reasonable. I suppose some people do. 
Have you guys seen that new app that's coming out, Rumbler, where you can uh, pick a fight with someone over the internet? Oh, yeah. Somebody tweeted that. That's pretty dumb. Mm -hmm. I mean, even even how horrible it is, it's still a better idea than people. You know, the app that you can rate people on. I suppose so. magically disappeared from the internet, by the way. Well, I guess it's consensual. Yeah, well, yeah, (laughs) you agree to fight off you make fun of someone's hat. Uh, is that it? That's oh, the part I really the, love. That was the image. It was like someone saying that the hat looks stupid or something. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I love that. I, I love that. The uh, uh, They posted screenshots. The app is not out yet, but they posted screenshots of how you pick a fight. And um, once you – it's, it's kind of like you know uh, Tinder. You swipe left or right, and, and if you find someone that you want to fight, you click on them, and you can like arrange the fight. And it has this little help text up at the top that says, uh, this is the chat. Uh, you can now, you know, rile yourself up for the fight. Pro tip, make fun of the person's picture. <laughs> like, thank you. Do I really need your help on this? <laughs> I'm already picking a fight with this guy. Um, someone, sorry, no. if, that, if that thing comes out, someone is going to jail. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just waiting for someone. the first lawsuit. Um, I, don't think, I don't think Android or Apple will permit it on their app stores. Uh, uh, well... I think Apple definitely will say no. Android seems to let anything through. Oh, yeah. A Windows phone is just happy someone is making it. Yeah, I know. Please fight on our platform, please. Microsoft's sitting there going, you want to put something on Windows phone? Really? I mean, it's a barren wasteland. Please come and join us. Yeah, really. please, please come in. Go ahead and bring, bring, drugs to your, bring drugs to your fight. We don't care. Just make an app for us. Really? Babyfuckfinder.com? Please come in. Barren and a spinster in our 50s. Ian Watkins, yeah, please come in. Um, sorry, Ian Watkins is also a running joke on vaccine centers. He's horrible. Please don't Google him. He's bad. So what is Brian being played? Play? Uh, no, no, I've, I've got a last one. I've got a last oh, one. Last one. Yeah, um, actually didn't play it, but I watched the let's let's play of it, um, and I really kind of wish that I that I did play. But I do want to mention uh, Franco, which is. Mm. A gorgeous game, and it's sick, and it's twisted. It's got a wonderful story. Um, I really can't speak highly enough of this game. It's like my, you know, in the pantheon of uh, modern adventure games, Gone Home comes first, but Frambo is a close second. Wow. Yeah, it's really, really fantastic. I've heard good things about it. It is. It is It is magnificent. I was watching, you know, the dude I mentioned uh, on the last two shows, I believe, uh, Jack Septicai, he did a, a Let's Play of... Franbo, where he gave all the characters voices because there's no, uh, you know, voice, uh, there's no speech in the game, hmm. uh, which is kind of silly. But he really got into the story, and you know, watching someone play that game, getting into the story, you get into the story. And uh, I didn't. At, at the end, I found that I didn't actually need his help getting into the story because it's so damn fascinating. You just sit there and go, "This is an 11 year old girl who is batshit insane." So every 11 year old girl. Then. Yeah, really. But this this one apparently either witnessed her parents die or murdered them herself. The game kind of leaves that up to interpretation, actually. Hmm. Um, it's a, it, yeah, but the oh my, it's not really a spoiler. Really, it happens in the opening cutscene. You witness your parents' death, um, and she gets uh, shipped off to an insane asylum and shit. Uh, the mechanic of that game is that you can take a pill that. Uh, 
is supposed to calm you down, but what it does is makes you see the spirit world. So everything transforms into, you know, there's blood dripping on the walls, messages scrawled on the on the uh, walls and such, and uh, everyone has this, uh, you know, lingering shadow hovering over them with uh, blank eyes and stuff. And every once in a while, this goat face will pop out of nowhere <laughs> and just berate you for existing. Cool. <laughs> And and your entire mission in the game is to find your kitty cat, it's so which is so adorable. Um, it's a, a thoroughly twisted game, and I honestly I recommend it so much. It's so easy to get twisted games wrong. Have you guys uh, heard about this game called The Park? Yeah. Do I own this? The Park. It's, sounds familiar. It's, yeah, uh, it sounds familiar to me as well. It's one of those. It's one of those uh, quote-unquote walking simulators uh, where you're walking around this abandoned amusement park and you're looking for your son, and then eventually, a, a spoiler, because no one gives a shit, uh, you you killed your baby. Ha ha. Oh, um, this is the one by Funcom that just came out before Halloween. Yeah. No, I didn't play and, this. And it's it's an interesting idea. I like the idea, but the dialogue and the writing is so overwrought. It's so hammy and so you know ham-fisted. Uh, and Franbo oh, is none of those things. It, ham, uh, Franbo is both uh, beautiful, allegorical, and scary as shit. And it, what Franbo does well, and what the park does not well, is that it pokes at your, you know, innermost fears. Um, Franbo is a, a chipper, go lucky, eleven-year-old who happens to be mentally fucked up, uh, but she's very, very sort of, uh, you know, approachable to the world. She, she likes uh, helping people and she's very polite and such. Um, and then she, of course, sees dismembered ghosts everywhere. But that uh, she kind of, you know, takes it in stride. Uh, but then it's it starts poking at her reality. I mean, uh, the whole parents dying thing, that's kind of universal. You don't want to see your parents die. Um, her kitty cat uh, is missing. You don't want to lose your pets. Uh, and it just it just keeps, you know, softly poking you with a fork <laughs> in, in the, uh, you know, bad parts of the brain. And eventually everything just, you know, falls apart for her. Mm. I am done now. Thank you. It sounds a little familiar. It sounds a little similar to, do you remember that game that you played, Bianca, about, it was like an animated point-and-click adventure game about, like, a, a girl who I don't think she speaks? Oh, yes. Uh, and then Harvey's... Um, oh yeah, escape something. Let me see. I got in my where list. she was like a really she was a it was quite kind of somewhere. She was like this good natured, sweet little girl that would accidentally invariably make all these terrible things happen, and people were all horrified of her. But she just had nothing but the sweetest and best of intentions. <laughs> Edna and Harvey something something. Yeah? Edna and Harvey's Harvey's new eyes. New eyes. That's a creepy name too. It has this kind that of is, a that macabre creepy. That, that, that implies something there. Yeah, I'm sure. Yes, it does. You don't just get new eyeballs without doing something. Right. <laughs> so now that well, Charles is done talking, let's go into what I played this week. Yeah, well, let's get to the good stuff. Are your birds <laughs> asleep? Yes, uh, I'm kind of like, well, yeah, my birds are asleep. They're almost asleep. Good job. <laughs> uh, achievement unlocked. Yes. <laughs> what have you been playing, dear? Well, brought on by our discussion of emergent gaming last week, I decided to replay The Sims 4. Mm. And I created my... I recreated another asylum for myself, and then I went and played one of my main houses, went back to my asylum, and I'm wondering, why the fuck is everybody outside? Oh, apparently they managed to unlock the door after I left and went outside in order to allow somebody to shit and completely undid all my work of tormenting them. 
Oh, somebody let what? out your That's your true. domestic prisoners? Exactly. Oh shit. I, I think Sims 4 actually does it on purpose to stop you from locking people up and killing them. No, really? Oh, that is really? such That's bullshit. The That's half the game. That's half the game. I guess I have to make it. It's something I've sort of noticed because I did play it a little bit. It seems very hard to get someone to stay locked up. They seem to get out. <laughs> No can matter what. You, can you lock any door or click any door and say only openable by some person? Yep. And I said lock for everybody. And then it was locked. And it was completely unlocked by the time I got back. Hmm. Which was just oh, bullshit. I think when you leave the scene, stuff can change. Ah, uh, maybe. Too bad. That was an advantage of Sims 3. Sims 2, episode. especially. For the, 30, for the 30 minutes I played The Sims, my entire goal was to build a moat around the house and just watch people <laughs> drown. And, uh, you know, build a, a, a kitchen table with four toilets around it and such. I mean, uh, there is no point to The Sims, is there? Exactly. We are talking about games we don't like, right? Well, we talked about emergent gameplay in our last episode. Basically, the point of The Sims is whatever you want it to be, which is either terrific or terrible, depending on your creativity, I suppose. Yeah. But Apparently, I'm a terrible human being. Aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I Let's see. What else did no. they play? Another, I, uh, another one of those atmospheric slash walking sim games called Star Sky, uh, based on a Japanese. It's it's, it's a Japanese game. Um, it's interesting. The first time you you open it and play it, there's just sound effects in the night, and you're walking. The game encourages you just to be slow and deliberate. Um. Mm-hmm. Second one, then I, yeah. Can I can I can I can I just say that I think the whole term walking simulator. It's kind of derogatory. Yeah, it's stupid. I, well, it is. It was. Wait, that's what it was made for. Yeah, so which, is, which is a shame because I really like that style of game. I mean, Gone Home is ostensibly a walking simulator. Sure, so uh, call it whatever was, you want as long as it's good. Yeah, I what, call them atmospheric. The other one? You guys were talking about it a couple episodes ago, uh, which I also watched the Let's Play of, uh, The Beginner's Guide. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is a magnificent, I like magnificent that game. piece of storytelling. I thought so. It was like an essay. I like that one. <laughs> Yeah, yes, and it was, was. really, really good. Back and, 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 my game? <laughs> and it has that twist at the end where you just go, okay, there might be an unreliable narrator at work here. Right, right. Yep. Yes. Really, really enjoyed that. So, so walking simulator. We we need to find a new word for it. That's what I'm saying. We'll like find because, a new word for it after I'm done talking because <laughs> you've had enough yeah. airtime right now. <laughs> really? Okay, I'll just lock off. Sorry, ma'am. Thank you. <laughs> So what's interesting about this game is the first time you start is, is you just hear this, the sound effects of the night of night, and the only instructions you receive are to walk slowly. They're, they tell you how to move and tell you, oh, you can run, but it's best if you don't run and just take your time and just stand still where you where you might see fireflies and and especially if you hear what sound like tidbits of music so if you stand still where you hear this eventually the music these these musical notes come on and more little fireflies surround you and little events happen one particular event is worth noting is there's a um a rose that appears and if you stop by it and wait long enough you pick it and you carry it with you and eventually you encounter a girl and then you give the flower to the girl and so it's just like things like this. And depending on how you played, each time is just a little different. And then so once oh. you finish the first time through, then you go back and you play again without exiting the game. And now there's music playing. And so I've done this like two or three times where I just play continuously. And the music changes every time, just like just very slightly, which is interesting. And depending on where you stop and what you look for, you find different little events that you can trigger that happened in the night. And of course, there's achievements, so I'm actually going to go back and try and get every goddamn achievement. 
Mm-hmm. So they're there for. It looks like one to me. It looks like another one of these like cheapo indie experimental games that interest me less and less the more of them that come out. But I'm glad that you enjoyed it anyway. Yeah, there's some you like and some you don't. Really nice, uh, except except for the part where you said, "Oh, you give the girl the flower," and I just that noise you just heard was every armchair feminist on Tumblr losing their shit. It's just cliche, right? It's cliche, yeah. but who cares? It's it's part of finding the stuff and unlocking it to. Without necessarily knowing what it is, it's like it's kind of that unspoken adventure game vocabulary. You have an item, and you're probably going to do this kind of a thing with it. Yeah, it's not meant to be offensive. It's just you know, it's trying to unlock events and have and just figure out how to tell the story as you're walking around. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. So what else did you play? More Call of Duty COD block, uh, more uh, blops. COD blops three. You're not as hooked on that as you have been other games. It seems. Did you I, just say cock block? <laughs> yes. Cod blops, you insufferable twat. <laughs> Still here in cock blocks. Yeah, yeah, me too. It basically is, because yeah. when she's playing that, she's busy. Yep. <laughs> and then, well, so, made some progress in that. So anyway, Darth, you want to go play Full Throttle? <laughs> and now, and... Yes? We, and... Was that just a Sorry, flatulent Darth. noise I heard? That was me blowing my nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, flatulence. Uh, He's denying it. It's flatulence. Anyway. <laughs> so we also played Euro Truck Simulator 2, two. this week. <laughs> I know for most of you are thinking, so what? You played it a million times. What makes this? What makes it different this week is this is the Stephen King edition. <laughs> yeah. What happened is Brian had, is a step of, uh, you know, had an outstanding credit <laughs> on Amazon's Audible. And he goes, here, go download us a book. So after looking around for a while, I settled on a Stephen King book, Bag of Bones, read, of course, by Stephen King. Yeah, Bag of Bones. And it's, yeah, audio book. Yeah, and it's 21 hours long, and Stephen King reads it. That's right. So we're going to listen to this audio book while driving our virtual trucks. There are some, there are games that I, I mean, I play MMOs. I play World of Warcraft. I'm a big fat loser. And I use that to listen to podcasts and Let's Plays. And there's always a nice game to, you know, to do that with. Yep. I, I don't need audiobooks. I have the Square Waves of Heaven podcast. It takes <laughs> up all of my free time. Yeah, you know, we're basically the Stephen King of the podcast world. Very <laughs> prolific. So, uh, Darth, what do you think of the uh, Legion class preview? What class do you play? You guys oh, talk I'm, about I'm, that. I'm going to take a quick whiz. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen anything for the... The new um, Demon Hunter, isn't it? Yeah, they don't uh, have that one up yet, but they have all the other classes, the changes that they're making there. Yeah, I, I play a Paladin and a Hunter, so but I haven't played in the last week, so sometimes I just don't have the time to pick it mm. up. So Hunter is changing dramatically. Yeah, and Gnome's hit Hunter's damn fucking Gnome's. Hunter has gnomes. changed dramatically repeatedly. It has, but now there's going to be a melee-only Hunter. Survival Hunter? There used, used to be. Survival Hunters used to be semi-melee. Yeah. You had two... Two weapons, and then they got rid of it. Yeah, that's right. They used to have wing clip to slow you down and stuff like that, but now they're dedicating the survival spec to melee only, but they're still calling it well, Hunter. No one, no one uses it, so you might as well do something with it. Oh, I loved survival. That was my first uh, rating spec. I had a good time with that. Yeah, but so I've never been able to get into raids. I have a social anxiety disorder, so mm. dealing with assholes on the internet is not something I like. Right. So and why are you talking to us? One of those things where I'm like, screw it. <laughs> Yeah, really, we must be exacerbating your... your no, condition. no, no. I, I, with friends, it doesn't matter, you know, they're friends. Yeah. Okay. But when you got random people, it's like, 
I don't need that stress. I hear so, that. So uh, I had to wait until almost the last day to hear about my class because I played my main is a druid. Oh, but I am so happy. They finally looks like they got rid of the stupid rotation and that fucking balance bar. That bar made me so angry because it constri- it limited me in what I could do. Oh, first I have to cast this spell a million times. Oh, now I have to cast this. Oh, look, now the bar is moving on its own. I have no choice but to do what it says. It mm. basically dictated what I had what I had to cast next and it just put it and it just it was so hand holding me condescending. But now... I haven't played a druid in a long time. Um, I did use to play a stealth one, or the, a feral cat one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I stopped that around Wrath, so I haven't played a druid since then. We're uh, Wrath babies. Yeah, I, I didn't like druid myself, any of the specs. Didn't really do it for me. Yeah, we were Wrath babies. I was a druid, I was a druid since Wrath. Bianca's a fantastic druid. She's very, very talented at that. It, she's just been held back by imbalances <laughs> of the class balances that have well, made it very gear-dependent. Um, I, I got a hunter up to level 100. I did get a shaman up to level 100, but I don't play on that character much. That's and my, I mean, my paladin's up in the 90s. Um, paladin is something you've really got to pay attention to to get DPS out of it. Hunter, you just press three keys and you've won that battle because you're yeah, DPS pretty much, insane. especially yeah. marksman. I I'm like I I'm like oh I'm marksman face roll. Beastmaster too yeah. is pretty good. My my marksman, it's literally I I can kill things that are much should be much harder before my pet can even get near them. Right. Um, but, yeah. And it's just like, this is way too powerful for someone who hasn't even done heroic shit. Why? I know. It's pathetic. That's and because I, the, the classes kind of balance out, or at least they're optimized, I think, for like the highest tier of rating gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is weird, because yeah. that's like hundreds of hours in already, and most people don't even get there. No, very few people ever get to that. I, I'm waiting for Blizzard to wake up to the fact that they could put bots into their raids and let people have a more single player experience with them. I wish that's how Guild Wars was. Guild Wars one. I like that a lot. You always had the option to fill team spots with NPCs. Well, they kind of allowed that when they introduced the bodyguards. So you always had somebody with you, but the bodyguards. Even before that though, Mm. they had like the townies or whatever. I have a vision of the bodyguards as well. (laughs) Um, I, I hated all the bodyguards except the uh, Jedi. She was the least annoying. The uh, the ogre was huge. The cat was annoying and was like, "Hi, master, I'm happy." I hated the dwarf. He was so cranky. What a cranky pants. Oh, you're like, talking oh, about cranky. him. Wow. Oh, you mean? Oh, yeah. Okay, I thought yeah. you're talking about. And then, then there was um, parts, and then they the you stupid talon right. dude. I hate the Arakoya. They are so annoying. And I mean, I love birds, but the Arakoya are just little twats. I, I actually really like the Arakoya, mainly because I really want that damn Raven Mount from PC still. Oh, well, the one from Seth Calls? It's a very, very funny word. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, bird, the, uh, the Mount from Seth Calls? Yeah, yeah, the, the Raven Lord. Yeah, hmm. I want that. I have the Collector I, Edition Mount, but who cares? I've got that as well, but that's not the Raven Lord. Yeah. It's ugly. The, the Raven Lord doesn't fly either, I don't think. The Raven Lord is not. I, yeah, it's so many ground mounts. I have a, I have another uh, bird that only runs. The fire, I have the, the firelands. Bir- I have the I have two I have the two uh, fire flying birds that. Uh, oh, did we get you the firelands one? Um, one of them I got joining another group by doing the per- only the pertinent. Those are amazing looking. Yeah, I got the purple one, and on a pure luck roll, I got um, 
well, I shouldn't say pure luck because it was the two of us soloing. I got the Firebird from Ragnaros. Although on pure anyway, luck. Wow. <laughs> Let's move on from WoW. Let's move on from WoW, shall we? Yes, you understand? We're thinking forever. Have you, I was just going to say that uh, uh, I tend to lose my patience with uh, games that I have no interest in. Yeah, let's so I, I, I bring oh, you a tale. Really? I bring you a tale from my bathroom. Oh, how'd it go? Uh, not the sort of tale you're imagining. Uh, we have a body shampoo in the bathroom, uh, and I've uh, used it a number of times, obviously, uh, oh, as obviously. early as today, actually. Uh, but it never occurred to me to actually read the label, uh, and it has the weirdest slogan I've ever read in my life. Yes. Uh, slogan is not even does does not does not even begin to cover it. It says, "Wash your sins away with this body blitzing cream." Ugh. Okay, t- two things. First of all, you wash what? your sins away. And what you, is this? The fucking Westboro Baptist Church? Uh, you like remove sins? I don't go to shower to wash sins away. I go to make sins. Yeah, exactly. It's like. Is, is, is this the soap they give to rape kits? Uh, or no? Well, and do just, you like undo sins with blitzing? Really? Yes. And then, and the, and the second thing is body blitzing. Yeah, that just sounds wrong in so many ways. It does. Yeah, that sounds like something that would cause sins to happen. That sounds like what happened to Linda Hamilton in her dream sequence in Terminator Two. Uh, yeah. That was body blitzing. That was, wasn't it? That was everything blitzing. Certainly, one actor from the first movie back. Let's use him for something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was my bathroom story. Okay. Uh, should we talk more about World of Warcraft? I can yeah, let's. Like. Well, what I, else have you played? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. if you get me on World of Warcraft, I could talk about it forever, so we best not. Uh, yeah, we could. <laughs> so is that everything Although you played? Although the yet? podcast is about games uh, that we hate, and as oh, social difference is kind of a hate. That's true. True, and then you get to tell me about why you, you're wrong for hating it. And uh, Anyway, I want to talk <laughs> about what I played. Who cares? But I thought you already talked about Oblivion no. and how all that stuff was broken. No, you were talking. You done talking? No, you already told told people about how yeah. this shit was. Fine, I have one more. I have one, just one game I wanted to talk about. Okay. All right, one game that I played this week is Sylphid, which is a game that I own on floppy. It's an old Sierra game, and it's a space shooting game, like a shoot 'em up, arcade style shooting game. It's made by Wait a I second. think just you said one. Sylphid. I thought it said Sliphead. Sylphid. Okay. Well, and they bought it from Japan, and Ke- and uh, Ken Allen localized the music of all things. The music is terrific. That's like my favorite. Well, I don't know if it's my favorite thing about the game. The music is very, very good. Unfortunately, though, it doesn't really sound great on any of the instruments I can find for it. I've listened to it on. I first played it on PC speaker, and I mean the music was even catchy on that. And then I played it on my <laughs> Sound Blaster, which is fine. And I've tried it now using the Munt MT32 emulator, and it sounds kind of wrong. I don't know. So it's, a, it's very catchy music. I just haven't heard it with instruments that kind of do the compositions justice. But it is well, knowing, knowing Sierra's uh, infatuation and uh, probable, you know, illicit marriage with uh, Roland, um, I'm pretty sure Ken Allen wrote it for the MT32. Oh, well, kudos to him then, because I've always loved that music ever since I was a kid. I just interrupted uh, Darth Helmut. Sorry. No, you didn't. What? Should I? <laughs> okay, I wasn't then. talking. Never mind. Well, you can interrupt <laughs> you later. Uh, it, it was so long ago, you might have forgotten. That's oh, that's good. all right. Interrupt him later. Interrupts me. All right, well, that's that's a long time to talk about very little. Why don't we talk about our topic? Hang on, really? I, I'll be back in one topic? second. I can hear my son calling out, and means he's had a nightmare. Okay. I'll be right back. For sure. Is he going to go spray him with a water bottle? That seems to be today's theme, doesn't it? <laughs> um. Well. So, do, do, do we have a game that... Uh, I adore and you despise, or vice versa. 
Oh, yes. Or, or, or Bianca, for that matter. You, I think you know very well a game that you at least appreciated and I despise. That would be... I'm drawing a blank here. That would be Tesla Effect. Oh, well, you didn't despise it. I... The more see the more time that goes by, the more good things I have to say about it. But I yeah. hated that and, game and so much. I know. Well, uh, let so, me one one thing that I hated uh, besides that game basically being, you have some sort of an activity. You go find where you're supposed to go. You do some sort of an activity, which is usually you, all you do is talk to people or solve a puzzle, and that's about it. But the really, thing, like unlike uh, every other adventure game in history. Well, it was like literally solve a puzzle, though. It wasn't some like something in, ingrained know, intelligently with the environment. It was like yeah. do a crossword day puzzle. Five. It was yeah. baloney. But even beyond day five, the one of the last straws for me was. I guess it's near the end of the game. You're at this, like, I don't know, creepy hospital or asylum or something like that. And there's a uh, – you have to, like, build a ladder out of wood to um, climb on top of a little shack or something like that. Oh, yeah. So you have to find five pieces of wood. And this pissed me off so much. I picked up a piece of wood and then I looked at my inventory and the icon for it is five pieces of wood. And I spent like 20 minutes trying to figure out how I could make a ladder out of this. And then I looked around a little bit more and I saw another plank of wood on the ground. So I picked it up. And then the icon with five pieces of wood had a little number two beside it. I'm like, oh, so that, that's the icon. The icon for one piece of wood is five pieces of wood. There were so many little touches like this that pissed me off so much. It was just, ah. Yeah, and I, and I will say, uh, as much as I defended uh, the game on uh, Joe's uh, podcast, Up of Memory Block, um, mm-hmm. the more I think about it, the more I'm sort of disappointed with the actual storytelling in the game. Now, it, let me be clear. <laughs> I, I just said that like Obama. Let me be clear. <laughs> um, I, I, I really adore the game. I still do. I think it's a, a, an amazing achievement this day and age. Uh, especially with the uh, video sequences looking as good as they are, yes. but I feel like uh, having 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 played the game through the uh, different paths uh, that you uh, that you can take, I always feel like I'm playing catch up with the story, not catch up, catch up. Um, yeah, like they omit certain details is how it felt like to me. It, they they kind of gloss over things. They kind of uh, if you go down a certain path, uh, you're you're supposed to find out that uh, Tex is actually the reincarnation of some fucking PI uh, in the past, and I was not seeing that coming at all. Oh, uh, and uh, and you can go to this uh, uh, location that's only available in one of the paths where you can look at uh, different photographs, and Tex starts remembering his previous reincarnation. What? <laughs> Which sounds really, really stupid when yeah. I say it out loud, um, and it's really—it's never mentioned again in the entire game. Is that even uh, mentioned anywhere in the whole series of games? No, it's That's never. It's never even hinted at. So in, they shit on their own Kestora. lore. Yeah, exactly. It is. It is the fucking newspaper under the door of uh, of Tex Murphy. Yeah. Uh, that being said, uh, I'm still, back I'm still into Tex Murphy. Good. Yes. yes. <laughs> We're talking about my nightmare, which is Tesla effect. Yes, I've heard bad things. I've heard good things, but bad things. Well, in my opinion, Tesla effect, it has very good graphics. It has nice cinematography. The acting is super hammy, but it's completely consistent with the rest of that series, which is fine with me. The biggest failing of Tesla effect is just the design of the game. It's a series of things that happens, and there's like a gate between you and the next thing. And that gate is never fun. The only thing I enjoyed was looking around the environments and talking to people, to most people. Some people were insufferable. 
There's like the there's the, the the fireman guy which pissed me off. There's the new proprietor of the um, electronic store who was like a worthless actor. Not uh, not a, he's actually a recurring actor. He was in uh, Pandora Directive. Oh, I've, I had only played really um, Under a Killing Moon before that. Oh, uh, he's he was very good in Pandora Directive. So I don't know what the hell happened in uh, in Tesla Effect. I don't know. He either. got acting lessons. I guess so. <laughs> the wrong kind. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, but yeah, the, my main gripe about that is the more that I think about it, the more it seems like they kind of rushed through. Uh, they they shouldn't have put in branching paths because they obviously yeah. did not have time to fully realize them. Even though that's the part about Pandora Directive that I loved the most. Hmm. It was so well executed in Pandora Directive. And uh, of course, Orbiseer, the game that came after, was a retelling of the original Mean Streets. And it did not have branching paths, uh, and also because they had a big old crunch time because Intel was sponsoring the development of that game, so they had to finish it in like two weeks or something. Um, uh, so uh, and they they shouldn't have done it with Tesla Effect because you are constantly uh, second guessing what the fuck is going on. Text is usually very good at you know sort of recapping. Um, all throughout, uh, you know, Under a Killing Moon and Pandora Directive, every time you wake up and it's a new day, he just goes, right, well, this happened the previous day. This is what I'm supposed to do. In Tesla Effect, that doesn't really happen. He just, he just, you know, walks into situations and then he goes, uh, right, well, uh, it's on to the next thing. And, and all of a sudden you're sitting down with the character and asking them questions that you're really not sure of. I mean, th th there's a point where a guy gets shot. And you're just going, should I care about this guy? Because there's an option, save yeah. him or run after the bad guy and just go, right. why would I care about either of them? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> this guy. And didn't that game That's kind of have chapters that would end arbitrarily? Like you would walk up to a table and it would be the end of the chapter. And then you would sit down at a chair on the table to begin the next chapter. It seemed very arbitrary to me. Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple of chapter points uh, during the game where you just say, okay, I'm at the same location. For yeah. some reason, there's a chapter break. Yeah. It seems to be a problem a lot with sort of Kickstarter games that yes. they, they, they overpromise and they end up crunching themselves um, and they make small mistakes that end up snowballing into being major problems of the game. Yep, that's right. And I'm sure it affects their sales as well. If only they had yeah. a little more money to hold out a little bit longer, maybe they could have smoothed it out a bit better. So I of agree. You, once you Kickstarter, you can't – it gets to a point where you can't keep telling your – Back is why you're holding back. You've got to, you've got to hand over the game, and <laughs> it's normally before they're fed, really finished. Yeah, that's but right. That's what happened with Armorcrog recently. I would say. Yeah, but in in, in this situation, they had uh, you know an entire film crew going. They had a script ready, and I, sub I I don't know if the script was rushed. I don't know if Aaron Khan has just had a fucking aneurysm or something. Um, but uh, it was it was you know the writing is still good. The main story is still, well, it's good. The whole spirit radio thing, we can, you know, disagree on that later. But uh, the premise of the idea of the story is actually pretty good. Um, it kind of falls apart when you're trying to follow the story as the player because you, uh, instead of being in the main character's shoes, you're continually trying to uh, figure out what's in the main character's head. And you're not playing as the main character you're trying to follow you know trying to catch up to his thought process that's a good way to put it so i don't want to yeah, go on too a good adventure game hmm. so i don't want to go still, on too long about it, it though eh? it's still it's still miles better than martian memorandum well the most <laughs> peculiar thing about that game for me is that the part that i enjoyed more than any other was where they had the kickstarter backers 
photographs, like in some old oh, Banyan yeah. building, and he makes fun of everyone's photographs. I love that. And that was exactly yeah. the kind of humor from Under a Killing Moon that I was craving. And yeah, the, the exactly. rest of the game was I just not that. funny or interesting to me in any way. I couldn't finish it. I uh, tried and I couldn't. What, Under a Killing Moon? No, uh, well, I didn't finish Under a Killing Moon either. I almost got to the end. But uh, <laughs> te Tesla Effect, I, I tried so hard to care, and I just couldn't. You, you, you never finished Tesla Effect? No, no, I gave oh, up. because you're playing on gamer mode, you sick weirdo. Yeah, that's right. I didn't play the mode that where you don't have to know what you're doing. I played the, I played the mode where I assumed see, that they were competent see, designers. See, see, this, is, this is where these, uh, this uh, argument erupted from, was that uh, you and Dawson Nostalgic uh, started the game out on gamer mode because, har har, we're big burly men, we play on gamer mode. And then you get frustrated when the game throws logic puzzle after logic puzzle at you with no hints and no way to skip it. And I'm sitting there going, dude, you play the game on entertainment mode first, and then you pick gamer mode. It's like starting Doom and going, ah, uh, nightmare mode. No, I've never played Doom before. Why would I start it on nightmare mode? Yeah, I usually play games on normal difficulty. If I'm given the choice between like easy, medium, hard, I usually pick medium. So that's what well, I assumed this was. Evidently, you had an aneurysm. Apparently so. Well, well in retrospect, I Entertainment it. and gamer, it's a little bit hard to tell which one is easy and which one's meant to be obtusely hard. Yeah, is one mode no, not entertaining? No, there are two difficult. It's like Monkey Island 2. There's easy and there's hard. It's not... This is not the brain teaser of the game. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. In an easy mode, you, like, skip some content. And I didn't want to skip any content. I wanted to see this thing I kickstarted. Well... Actually, in Pandora Directive, there's a single uh, sc a screen, I was going to say, but a single location of the game that you miss if you're playing on entertainment mode. I don't believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, anyone, uh, I don't believe there's actually any content that you miss on gamer mode in Tesla Effect. Um, oh, I didn't, well, I didn't know. It was my first time, I mean, it was my first and only time playing it. I can't say that I'll ever really go back to it either. And also, the, uh, the the content that you miss in Pandora Directive, if you're playing on entertainment mode, is not worth it. Too bad. Sorry to derail this tangent, but uh, I will... Don't, no, tangent. Haven't you, tangent uh, is the fucking main topic. topic. Come on. Yeah, we actually finally got on rails. Yeah. Oh, right, I'm sorry. Well, what is it, dear? I was going to say, yeah, didn't you skip your your, uh, your 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 listener letters? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just got, got into this because uh, oh, right. Mr. Helmet was away. Yeah. No, we're not in the preamble, but we have a few um, bits of feedback from our listeners about this topic. Yeah, that's why I call this a tangent since we... Uh, well, it's, our, it's not a tangent, but... All right. Well, I think we've said <laughs> enough about... I'll do that one last. I've, I've, uh, I'll read these quickly anyway, because we have three different listeners who uh, wrote into us about games that they hate. So... One of them is from a gentleman. I'm sure this is re his real name. It's Space Game Junkie, <laughs> and he yeah, says, "Great." That was that was that was that must have been the best christening ever. Game is his middle name. Um, he says, "Privateer Two. This is Wing Commander. Privateer Two. Oh yeah, fuck that game. He says, <laughs> "Also, Dark Light, Dark Light." Conflict, the recent Star Raiders installment, and likely more. Uh, oh, but about okay. Privateer 2, he says, Mom, Dad, don't touch it. It's evil. Seriously, don't play it. It's a super, super shitty game. Also, hello. <laughs> so, hello, <laughs> hello, hello Space Game Junkie. He, he says it all in one in a couple of tweets. So, hello. And thanks to uh, Joe Mastriani, who uh, gave us a link of Space Game Junkie playing Privateer 2. So, I will put that in the show notes. I'm sure that's entertaining. I've never played that one. Another thing you should put in the show notes is uh, the Spoonie One's review of Privateer 2. Uh, it explains all the things that are wrong with the game. 
it also uh, shows everything that's right with the game. I mean, the uh, movie, the cinematography, the script, it's all really weird and really fantastic, but the game itself is broken and unplayable. Oh, I'll, I'll uh, put that in there too. Thank you. I'll, I'll send you a link. I'll sure. Thank you. Take it, take it up here. Start break that URL. So while you're looking for that, we have another letter here from Onion Budgie. She says, Limbo oh, of the Lost. That is a good name. She says, Limbo of the Lost was steaming junk. <laughs> I don't know this one. Are you familiar with this one, Darth? Limbo of the Lost is an adventure game. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It was, the story goes, it was originally meant to come out on the Atari or the Amiga, sorry. Mm. Um, but it was sat in development hell for a long time. It was finally released 2000 something um, for sale, supposedly. But it is essentially um, copyright the game. Uh, screenshot after screenshot from different games, uh, like oh. Oblivion, Morrowind, lots of dodgy crap. Wow. Uh, and it's almost completely unbroken and unplayable. It is, oh my God. Um, I first I heard about it. I, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's legitimately one of, I wouldn't even call it a game because that insults gaming. Wow. It is a scam that I don't know if it ever actually sold copies because it's just horrible. That's amazing. Well, here's here's what uh, Onion Budgie has to say about it. She says, it was steaming junk. It also caused a scandal after released as it had ripped off graphics from other games. Unfathomable puzzles and an insane amount of pointless back and forth to stretch out gameplay, as I recall. The developers were also quite odd. They caused trouble over at the Game Boomers forum with fake identities, which I know isn't game-related, but their description what? still left a bitter taste in the Don't mouth. Don't you mean deception? Deception, I'm sorry. Yeah. They, um, supposedly they did some naughty things after they got caught oh, naughty. with the, the copyright. Um, <laughs> so that is uh, so weird. I mean, you've heard of, uh, you know... Uh, directors going on Netflix and IMDb and writing favorable reviews of their own movie, and then everyone else goes, actually, this is a shit movie. <laughs> right. Um, I've never heard anyone do that with a game. Yeah, uh, Limbo of the Lost was a magical thing. The The ending is uh, at least amusing. Uh, it does tend to get tweeted by me and a couple other people occasionally, hmm. um, where it turns into a big sink. The main character is the captain from the, the Mary Celeste. Stunned silence. <laughs> I don't know yeah. who that is. Um, the Mary Celeste, the uh, the ship where well, I know uh, what it is. <laughs> well, I don't. It, yeah, really? uh, the, the ship, uh, the ship that got found in the ocean with all of the crew disappeared. Okay, um, okay. Uh, and this is the captain of that ship uh, in limbo. Ah, it's ba- Brian, the name. Brian, it's it's basically Event Horizon, but not in space. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. And he has to fly around in limbo and survive. Okay. And limbo is copyright the game where you've just taken screenshots of random games and pretend that they're your own work. Some of those games include work. Elder Scrolls Oblivion, Sea Dogs, World of Warcraft, <laughs> and they also took Everything. the content from. Spawn, Beetlejuice, and Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. And these are all completely different artistic styles. How do you smush yes. these all into a box? That's magically, magically. You do it with magic. It's Apparently. Oh. Magic. <laughs> That's weird. Um, they, it's, they do, people have spotted like there's uh, a spider robot thing that's steampunk, um, which is possibly stolen but possibly paid for because it is actually a, a paid-for asset you can buy to put in your game. Um, a lot of the 3D models are models that are either been stolen or paid for in that manner. Hmm. Um, 
it's yeah, it's insane. I, I I would recommend finding a copy on the internet. Feel free to pirate it because you know they did <laughs> yeah, their best. Well, they did them. sure. Neat. Um, and just try it because it, uh, it does run on Windows Seven. Um, just you know, carry a buff bag and quit as soon as it starts hurting your eyes. <laughs> That's pretty cool. All right, well, I'll stick that in the show notes then. Um, uh, it's, it's on, on, on topic, uh, yes. if we're talking about stolen assets and uh, shit uh, game design and such, uh, please never download uh, Space Quest 4.5. Right. Um, I think it's called The Voyage Home or something. I can't remember. Oh, uh, fan-created sequel, is it? Yeah, it's it's a fan-created uh, uh, sort of mid-quill, if that's a word, um, <laughs> which is kind of like the black sheep of Space Quest fan games because Space Quest fan games are uh, really, really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fans are... Uh, I'm not just saying that because I'm the Space Quest historian, but like oh, objectively, they are really, really good. You've got they replicated... Might be biased. I, I'm, I'm sort of biased, but really, the fan games are really good. I mean, uh, replicated is... Fantastic looking, and it's uh, old school AGI. Uh, Bohol Strikes Back is like Monkey Island meets Space Quest, <laughs> uh, but Frederick Olsen worked on it, so I'm allowed to wreck on it. And uh, Incinerations is phenomenal, and uh, Space Quest 2 VGA by IQ Adventures is fantastic. And then you've got Space Quest 4.5, which steals graphics from everywhere. Mm. The dialogue is shit, the puzzles are shit. And uh, the person who made it is hopefully dead. I do remember in any way related to Quest for Glory, like 1.5, where they do the whole going back to Spielberg, where that's got a lot of stolen assets from just from Quest for Glory as well as wherever else they got them. I have no idea. Well, I do remember someone on your uh, Space Quest Historian podcast trolls uh, calling in who was the designer. I, I think it was the AGI. Guy? Oh, the re- replicated guy, or the uh, oh, there was a, there was another AGI game called uh, the Lost Chapter. Oh, it was the Lost Chapter, and that well. was a very enjoyable voicemail that the guy left. He was really sharp. Oh, uh, Space Quest Zero was replicated. Sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm, no, I think it was oh, the Lost I Chapter. I remember a lot of them, but I don't. Yeah. That I'm thinking of. So that was very. Uh, the uh, uh, the guy who made Space Quest Zero, I had him on uh, the podcast in sort of a capacity because he works for a big uh, game design company now, and he's not very keen on um, you know recording yeah, his voice. Going. So I uh, yeah, so I had I had to read his uh, comments or his interview out loud myself, the which thing, is weird. The things you got to do as a podcast host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, the other guy, the other AGI guy, was uh, a dude named Monster the Monster. Oh yeah. And he actually recorded himself, and yes. he has a funny accent because I, th- I believe he's from South Africa, um, so he had, he had a very funny accent. <laughs> Normally, I do my insulting South African accent, but I won't because um, that's <laughs> it's only funny in Perth because we get a lot of South Africans who move to Perth. Mm. A lot of people have trouble uh, differentiating the Australian and uh, South African accents too. Also, New Zealand. I, I, I mean, literally, yeah. uh, most 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 times I, I listen to interviews of uh, Peter Jackson. I have, I have the Frighteners on DVD, for instance. There's this awesome hour-long um, uh, documentary on the second CD uh, with Peter Jackson. Uh, I mean, he sounds Australian. <laughs> well, he doesn't have a very strong New Zealand accent. Yeah, not anymore. He, he has an um, accent. Yeah, but it's not. It's um, a, lot, a lot of people think of New Zealand that actually means sort of Maori. Um, the the average New Zealander just sounds more Australian. 
Right, right. What married married like the uh, Danish uh, uh, married a Danish prince? Maori. No, 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 Maori. It's uh, the the islanders who live. Oh, Maori. Oh, the indigenous <laughs> people the, of yeah. Before the English yeah. rocked up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Like like you guys in the Aborigines. Yeah. Uh, except the Aboriginals are indigenous. The Maori's are the correct word. So, oh. <laughs> are they Aborigines or Aboriginals? Indigenous. Well, Aboriginal just means indigenous. Yeah. Really. I yes. had no idea. I've known an Australian guy for most of my life, and he never told me that. Yeah. Or maybe he did. Why would they tell you anything? Okay. They're all they're all got their own different tribe names, and uh, Aboriginal is just a generic term that the English used to mean anyone that was here before us. Right. All I know is when I hear the didgeridoo, it's time to smoke up a split. <laughs> okay. Well, why don't we play the didgeridoo while I read the last of our uh, letters, and then we can talk about our own list. Hey, I got a didgeridoo soundtrack. You're a didgeridoo. Um, the last letter is from uh, Robert Menes. Sounds like a very, very dumb sitar. Yeah. Sorry, keep going. Last one's from Robert Menes, who calls the two of you out, uh, dear guests. He says, <laughs> hi, Squares. It was great being on the show last week. He said this this uh, a week uh, earlier. I hear Bianca's laptop is working great with Lubuntu installed, which means two things. The day is saved and the penguin is smiling. Enjoy and spread the Linux love. Um, <laughs> for your guests you on the show, one of our favorite pairs of silly idiots, Trolls and Darth, I have a couple of things to ask them. I'll just read these and then we can comment after I read it. For Trolls, you didn't seem too crazy about the 1994 Street Fighter movie on Twitter. Have you watched it? <laughs> Have you watched it suspending belief and knowing it's a bad movie so you can laugh and riff on it? Or did you try that and found out it was so horrible that you couldn't even riff it enough to save it? <laughs> and then for Darth, Sonny, Sonny Bonds becomes your bodyguard for life. Is this awesome? <laughs> well, no, it's not because he dies in Blue Force. Oh, good. <laughs> also, really? he's, he's in Blue Force? No, but my fan theory is that the reason that Jim Walls left is because he wanted to kill Sonny off. Oh. And Sarah wanted nothing to do with it. That's and I don't know whether that's true or not, but Blue Force starts off with the the main character's father and mother both being killed. And Oh, and is the main character Sonny Bond's son? And his prostitute wife. Yeah. That, that would make sense to me. That he, Jim Walls is like, I'd like to move on and change character, and I'd like to kill Sonny and Marie off and have their son investigate it. And Sarah went, ah! Hmm. Really? Like, like, yeah, Jim, Jim Walls sure wanted Jim Walls wanted Sonny and Marie to die after surviving like stabbings and kidnappings and all that stuff. That's their just reward for the end of I all their adventures. I wanted you to say share after that, like Sonny and share. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, if only. That, that's that's my fan theory. There's no evidence for that. Um, um, the uh, the actual reason, and uh, please feel free to correct me, Mister Walls, if you've listened this far. Why have you? Why wouldn't uh, I? Please stop, also, Mr. Walls. Yeah, you also look like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Anyway, um, uh, the reason was that uh, Jim Walls was never actually an employee at Sierra. He was contracted to uh, write the games. Okay. Uh, much in the same vein as, who am I thinking of? Oh, yeah, Mr. Allen himself, Ken Allen. He was at one time an employee of uh, Sierra, but then mm. he became an independent uh, music contractor. Oh, interesting. Kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, please, uh, you know, if you ever meet uh, uh, Ken Allen, set him down with a bottle of scotch and uh, just hear the guy rants because he's he's a very, you know, online, he's a very courteous, he's a very pleasant person, and he's also that in real life, uh, but he will let the F-bomb drop. He's just too courteous to do it online. That's what the scotch is for. 
That is what the scotch is for. I stayed up, I stayed up until four a.m. with this guy, and he was just you know it was like it was like listening to your grandpa talk about the olden days, and I say this with, with as as much love as I possibly can. He just had story after story that just left me completely gobsmacked, like the time that he actually witnessed uh, uh, William Shatner in the vocal recording booth. Um, Doing the voice of one of the interplay uh, uh, TOS games, mm-hmm. going oh, so so waiting for Tech War, but you know, <laughs> yeah, right. No, but the, uh, the the whole meme about uh, uh, William Shatner going that sickens me. Don't tell me how to do things; it sickens me. <laughs> Ken Allen was present when that happened. <laughs> well, you know, I wouldn't tell William Shatner to do anything. You just let him go. Yeah, right. <laughs> you you wind him up and then you let him go. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's how he does his best job. Yeah, right. Magic comes out. <laughs> anyway, that that was that was fun. Yeah, that's I have no idea what I was saying. I am complete. I'm off my own tangent. Please I don't know. Me. Well, let me finish so off. We, let me finish off his letter then. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, the yeah. end. The end of uh, Robert's Mark letter Mark. says. Also, thanks for rubbing it in that you live near penguins. One of you lives near yes. penguins. If we meet in I real mean, life, I'm gonna smack you with a herring, you silly person. <laughs> I was like, we're talking about penguins and I was like yeah but there's only one of us who actually lives near penguins because penguins live in my neck of the woods the oh, southern pole I'm which very is jealous. really really weird because you live on the surface of the sun oh, and penguins uh, I, are near you I live very close to penguins I can throw rocks and hit penguins if I really felt like it Seems like you but still, still you live in like, a, like 50 degrees celsius weather well we, we live very close to the southern ocean which is a lot colder hmm. so you're still mad <laughs> no, I, I didn't get a choice. My ancestors got put on a boat, okay? You, you, okay, you told me on Twitter, ah, I like this climate. I like it's being a, hot. I, 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 I like... I actually love... When, when I walk outside and my sneakers melt into the asphalt, that is really... That's just a sign of affection. What <laughs> it is, is it's wrong great. with you? It's lovely. I used to live up north where 50-degree days was summer. That was just normal. And it's amazing. As long as you have, like, a nice air-conditioned house to go back to, it's good. Sounds like hell to me. Yeah, me too. You'd melt. I'd melt. So nice. Ugh. It's cold that I can't stand. As soon as it gets like close to like 10 degrees, I'm like, no, nah, fuck it. Get me all the jumpers. All of them. <laughs> well, tell degrees. you what, come, me, speaking of things please. we hate. Come to Denmark, please. I would die. So, 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 I thought that Denmark was xenophobic and hated foreigners, so why are you telling us to come there? <laughs> it's a trap. Run! <laughs> Okay, so speaking oh. of things we hate people. Ghostbusters! Um, right. so oh, uh, sorry, uh, Brian, what, what was the question for me? I forgot. Uh, it was about Weren't you listening? Um, oh. the uh, Street Fighter movie. Oh, right. right. Yeah, fuck, fuck that voice. Um, <laughs> it's a great it, movie. I've never it's, seen it's, it. It looks horrible. It's a terrible movie. And the only it good line was... It, the only good line was the one that I tweeted where Raul Julia, who's having way too much fun for this movie, by the way, uh, walks up to Chun-Li... Yeah. Walks up to Chun Li and goes, "The day that the bison invaded your village and killed everyone was the greatest day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday." <laughs> that, that is a great line from a villain. That is she one of the greatest lines ever. Mm-hmm. She has like a five-minute rant about how he's a huge coward who ran away from peasants, and he's like, the, "You know, this you know, the day I entered your life was the most important day of your life. Everything has been about me since then." And for me, it was Tuesday. <laughs> it's like, slap, bitch. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. 
That is pretty cool. Slap in movie it's, history. It's amazingly well done. Um, and, a lot of problems with Street Fighter. I do the fact that Prol was dying from cancer at the time. Yeah. Yes. And he is he is sickly, but he's still having way too much fun. Actually, well, I, read, I read this huge article about how they had to switch the uh, schedule around, pissing yeah. off the second director and stunt coordinator, who was like, uh, we actually have to train people to be on wires, otherwise they can kill themselves. And the directors go, eh, fuck it. you, you got to do it because Riles needs about six more weeks to not be dead because he just had surgery. Mm. Um, so he, he rocked up on set like almost unable to stand. So they had to switch all the schedule around and stuff. Oh, that's yeah. sad. And he did it because his two kids or three kids, however many kids, loved Street Fighter. And he wanted to leave them a movie that they could watch and see their dad having fun. A oh, way nice. of a time, really. Yeah. That's nice. So he went he went balls to the walls so that his kids would forever have this movie of him. Which hmm. I have mad respect for him. No kidding. Which is the only uh, redeeming quality of that movie is Raul it Julia. Is. Because Jean-Claude Van Damme spends the entire movie mispronouncing words and banging um, – what's her face? Um, yeah, the Australian one. I always uh, what's her? Kylie Minogue. Yeah. Not Danny. It's the other one. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you're from Australia. What's your opinion on Kylie Minogue? She's not Australian anymore. She doesn't not anymore. Is, 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 this, is this the same kind of thing like with Mel Gibson? Oh, yeah, no, we used to have him. He's you get not to do that? Can we like, disown Justin Bieber? He was born in America to an American. He came to Australia like, when he was 10. He was never asked. Really? We can, this, this, let's okay, uh, I'm, I'm, donate I'm gonna, Justin I'm Bieber to the this state. At, uh, the Canadians. How, how, how do you guys feel about Justin Bieber? Yeah, we you, hate him. You guys can have him if you want You can him. take him. Okay, but how about Michael J. Fox? preferably. Yeah, Michael J. Fox will keep him. Mm-hmm. We'll keep it. But fuck Justin. Okay, I'm. I'm just. I'm just calling shit out here. Oh, uh, easy. You guys can have every member of our government. No, we got no, our own. We got a nice government, actually. Well, we like we'll our see. government. We just got a new one. We'll see if we hate him yet, and then we'll take yours. Besides, our uh, our prime minister's good looking. Hey, unlike uh, the rest of the press company. Uh, what was the guy, Christy? Uh, the guy, the mayor of Toronto, the crackhead, uh, Rob Ford. Oh. Oh, Rob Ford, yeah. You guys yes, he's last year's news. We have... No, uh, we can get rid of him, too. Yeah, we have John Tory, well who's oh about as useful as a cheese fork, but at least has been completely inoffensive. Who, our new guy, you mean? Completely yeah. inoffensive? Our new <laughs> guy. <laughs> Rob Ford is gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Never mind. He's a flash um, in the pan. Let's move on. Yeah. So, what are we talking about? Games we All hate. Right. All right. Okay, Lord Helmet. <laughs> Why don't we go along with one of your, your games that you hate? One, uh, two, three, four, five. That's amazing. I've got the same combination on my locker. <laughs> oh, I better go change that. <laughs> my password to everything. Oh. I was going to say the locker instead of luggage. I'm very sorry. That's well, okay. Close enough. You're forgiven. Um, Favorite movie, by the way. Do we want to start with like, the game that you know I hate the most or <laughs> the game that it sort of more fits my normal likes that I dislike. Whatever I think the you point like. of this podcast was for us to fight about games that you love and I hate. Oh, yeah. All right, let's be as offensive as possible. We really disagree on a fight of Atlantis and <laughs> Gabriel Knight. And Grim Fandango. And Grim Fandango. Oh, but yeah. I'll, leave, I'll wait for you to bring that one up. Okay. Well, uh, you can go ahead with whatever you like. Races, I think. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel Knight is just, besides the UI... The story is so lackluster to me. It's Fuck you. Tim, Tim Curry wandering around going, 
do you know anything about voodoo to everyone? And then finding out that it really is voodoo. <laughs> that is the there most concise bits. summary I've heard yet. Well, I can see pretty much That's how it. you could hate that. I have actually played the game, but I would start grind goes, playing hey, it, and I can see how you came back and baby, And he's like, okay. <laughs> Show everything to everybody. See what they have to say. Right, and discuss everything with everybody just in case. No, but you, you can make the same sort of one-sentence summary about every game you've ever played. Like, yeah. full throttle, biker does not want to be where he is, gets run over. <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> or beneath a steel sky, guy is not where he wants to be, has robot friend, robot friend is dead. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> so what else do you not like about Gabriel Knight? Because aren't there, isn't there... Um, the voodoo murders, and then um, whatever the hell takes place in Germany involving Ludwig's descendants. That's, oh, that's, that's the second, second one. one, my darling. That was the second that's one. The second one. Did I just call you my darling? That's okay. okay. You did. Uh, I actually like Gabriel Knight 3 better than 1. What? Really? Just because of that freaking engine. I am rolling out <laughs> my like sleeve. That? What the heck? I'll contend. I, <laughs> I thought that that engine was something they could have done more with. Like free roaming around a town, exploring all the little nooks and crannies. Um, it didn't get used very well in Gabriel Knight Three, and no. the, the puzzles were absolutely stupid and offensive. But mm-hmm. there was potential there. It's actually a very interesting idea. You don't control the main character; you control the camera. I'm all aboard yeah. that idea. Um, the engine itself was absolute shit, uh, and the uh, programmers and artists also thought the same. I read an interview where they said that uh, every time they built a character model they were just like, uh, what are we doing? How, how do we use this? And there was no manager around to tell them how to do it. So oh, but now uh, that Darth mostly, it- mostly has these long floppy arms that go down to his knees. Right. He's also got a flat butt. <laughs> yeah. But now that uh, Darth mentions flat- it, I can sort of see the potential of this engine if it were used a little bit more delicately I guess. Maybe it was just too hard to work with for them to make much of it. But I do like well, the perspective. I think, I think fuck the engine, use the concept. The concept is good. Yeah, the concept is good. Yeah, move the camera. The actual engine the itself might have been absolute horrible crap, but the concept of having this free roaming camera where you can sort of poke around and then the character followed you more passively is interesting. It is yeah, interesting. I like that. Because I like that. who is the player? Are you the narrator yourself or are you the yeah. character? It's a great question. Yeah. Um, Gabriel Knight one's not offensively bad. I mean, it's, it's no Phantasmagoria. <laughs> well, no, but that's the absolute bottom. The the UI, you know, is just why no stop. <laughs> Take your hands off the icon button. We don't need that many. Please stop. And just the amount of random fluff and filler, sort of pad out a game that could have been done a lot more succinctly. Dude, you're all about the padding, aren't you? That's, I, I that's dislike like padding in video games. If you, you're okay. giving me an adventure game and you have to pad it out then you should have written some more script. <laughs> so what games, in your opinion, does not have padding? Well, like full, full Throttle all, is all a of, very condensed uh, That game. is, Full Throttle is... It does have padding, though. I mean, the whole Mine Road and the, the Destruction Derby are essentially, holy shit, we forgot to write some extra scenes here. Let's have him hit some things, mm-hmm. and we'll call it a puzzle. Okay. Um, but, it, you know... The Sierra games are essentially padding with the whole, the death mechanic, like, you know, the, the getting yourself into a dead end where you have to reload a save from hours ago. That's all padding to, to increase the game time so that someone who bought Space Quest 1 is going to spend a lot more time on it than 
they would normally have to debate it if they knew what they were doing. Well, that's their fault for not saving more frequently. But, well, no, Save especially if you, forget the, if you forget the widget on the ship, you've got you know a good couple of hours to go back to find it. Yeah, Sierra was really unfair where you would get past a, a scene that you couldn't necessarily ever get back to and not tell you that you hadn't brought something that's important for later. Yeah, Kingdom yeah. of Five is a really, really, you know. Yeah, that's the King worst. Of five is, on that, one. that is just appalling, that one. That's right. So, oh, game you design didn't save the rat at the start of the game. Well, you're not going to find out that you're screwed until the end. Yeah. That's, you know, but that's all padding. That's, that's an attempt to get more game time out of a game that, you know, could have had a lot better work done on it. But if you want that's to talk padding, I have to bring up Grim Fandango. Because there are. There are padded to shit. It is. Oh, there's so much walking in that game. Even if you're doing it the most efficient way, there's so much backtracking. There's a lot of of being stuck on the different screens. Like you have two or three screens to explore and you're supposed to do something and eventually you just just degenerate into uh, clicking... Or, or at this, uh, uh, you know, tapping on the keyboard, any option that you can find, because Tim Shaver was smoking a lot of weed at this point, and uh, he's got an idea in his head, but it's not the idea that you have. No, yeah, I can agree with that, but I think Grim Fandango pulls it out by having lovable characters, so you, you want to experience it until you get to stuff where you've got to drag an axe around on the floor to bust out a drain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have right. to work that out for an hour. Yeah, uh, Grim Fandango, great story, great music, great characters, great art, great, uh, um, did I say music already? Uh, great yes. voice acting. Mm-hmm. Um, shit adventure game. I agree. It, it's puzzles aren't, aren't top of the line. No. And <laughs> Broken, Age, Broken Age suffers from the same bullshit. The, the story whole- is great, the art is great, the voice acting is great, the music is great. The puzzles are shit. I only thought that was true of the very end of Broken Age myself. Although it seems that you do I have to do the repetitive crap at the beginning when you're playing as um, the boy. Shay, yeah. Yeah, when you're playing as Shay, you have to do that repetitive crap at least two two or three times, which is... Which yeah, you have to play the to fucking uh, uh, arm thing over and over again. And this dude in a wolf mask, which I honestly thought was uh, 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 something else, a different animal, um, <laughs> it, He's, he's got this nasal voice and just know he's up to no good. But uh, Shay's just like, oh, really? Oh, oh, I'll, I'll give this a go. <laughs> oh, Shay is oh. such a naive little twat. Yeah, but that's his, that's his persona. And that, that stuff will make sense later. I won't spoil anything, but the repetition is important. What's that? Isn't he stuck on a spaceship? Yes, he's stuck yeah, on a spaceship. Yeah, with an overbearing computer for a mother. Yeah. Who turns out not well, to be a computer. Helicopter person. parent! It's real life. Right. I have to say um, another whisk, so please keep going. Well, going along with Grim Fandango on that, um, the other game that I, I really dislike that everyone else seems to like is Monkey Island 2, Let Chuck's Revenge. Yeah, I don't think that much of it either, honestly. I think that is, after Secret of Monkey Island, that was a huge fucking failing. <laughs> they tried very hard to make it obtuse for no reason. Yep, I think so too. You got puzzles where you need to find the solution on a different island in a random screen and then carry it back and work out all these little wires to sort of tie it all together. It would have been better off if each island was its own contained story and puzzle. And the monkey wrench is just horrible. Yeah, I I just didn't really get myself invested in those games one way or another. I love a lot of the locales and I do sort of see what you mean about, well, I mean, if you're a pirate, you're going to visit different 
places, I suppose. But uh, well, there's, no, there's no different. I don't mind having lots of different places to visit, but when you've got a, a solution to a puzzle that's on a different, not just a different scene, because that's good, but it's on a completely different island in a completely different context, it's very hard in your head to start connecting them all together yeah. without spending a lot of time just going, whatever's well, I rub this item on this. How about this item on it's it? It's very King's this Quest. It's very King's Quest. Yeah. Sad. Poor King's Quest. Yeah. I mean, There's only, only two of them I like. Oh, which ones do you like? Three and six. Mm. Three is a lot of nostalgia, but mm -hmm. six is at least a pretty – it's a good adventure game. It tries. Probably because Roberta didn't do most of it. Jane Jensen did, but, you know. Right. Um, the, the rest of them – four isn't bad, but it feels a bit too open where you end up sort of wandering around going, what am I doing now? Why am I doing this now? Why am I picking up this item? I suppose I'll just pick it up because it's an adventure game, mm. and that's what you do. That's what you do. That's what you do. You pick things up, and then you rub them on things and go, does this work? <laughs> no, this doesn't work. I'll go rub something else on it. <laughs> Can we coin the the uh, offensive derogatory term a rubbing simulator? Yeah. A rubbing simulator. That's a lot of zero games, unfortunately, even the good ones. Yep. If you don't know what you're doing, you're going to spend a lot of time just going, this item, rub it on everything. What happens? Mm -hmm. Which is kind of sad because I do really like Sierra games. Oh, yeah, me too. But well, that's what, happens when you, obvious. that's what happens when you simplify it to a little soundbite, I guess. Yeah. I mean, some of them, you know, like you've got the Colonel's Bequest that tries to do it differently. You know, it's a murder mystery. You're not – the puzzles aren't a key part of that. It's working out who did what. Um mm. Or where, it's interesting to step away from the adventure game. Yeah, that is different. Or where, where you should be and when. Yeah. The, the puzzles are in there to sort of to put along items and story, but they're not important. You can skip all of that and still understand who did what and why. Yeah, I appreciate that, actually. Yeah. What game are we on? Uh, we'll just talk about the, the good things Sierra did besides all the bad. Because that's our topic, <laughs> right? Yeah. We're being optimistic. I almost well, just know. crushed my cat in my uh, bathroom door. Oh, well, my wife is consoling it. Poor cat. You, you, yeah. might, you should avoid that. Yeah, uh, we, did just, we did talk sass about Monkey Island 2, The Shark's Revenge. Yes. That's a good game, and I will I will say the ending to Monkey Island 2 is fantastic. I'm on the uh, fantastic boat here. Did, did you actually get that Monkey Island 2 ending is a trick, right? What kind of trick? That in when they go back to reality, like our world, that is not actually happening. It's LeChuck tricking Guybrush. Oh, that's oh it's all a dream. Yeah, yeah, because he turns to the camera and it's like, this is, I'm still LeChuck. Because yeah, I, uh -huh. I knew people who were like, Curse of Monkey Island shouldn't happen because Monkey Island 2 says they were just in the real world. It's like, no, that was a trick. The end no, of the game. Except I, I, I will talk shit about Curse of Monkey Island. You just go. No, no talking me. shit about Chris. It's perfect. It's the perfect game. <laughs> no, it isn't. It's, it's wonderful. It's uh, Monkey Island One and Two. It's the, it's the same with Space Quest One to Four. Those games are good. Then Five and Six are sort of a different. Uh, it's like an alternate reality Space Quest. And uh, Monkey Island Three and Four are like alternate reality Monkey Islands. I think Three feels more like that because of the different art. But it's still essentially no, it's, the same game. It's not Whereas just the four art. is very different. Four can go lick my nuts. Uh, we haven't had a lick my nuts line in a long time. Um, oh, what? Like but, five minutes? 
Yeah. yeah. But, it's a uh, long time. But three is, I mean, obviously the art is great, the voice acting is fantastic, and the game is not bad, but it's, uh, you, you can sort of tell it, it's, it, you know, it lacks the sort of bites that Monkey Island 1 and especially 2 had. It's more of a kid-friendly Monkey Island. It's like, a, it's like the Saturday morning uh, cartoon version of Monkey Island. The voice acting kind of gives it that tone more than anything, I think, although there are, there are examples of that too. Possibly because they're trying to sell more copies of their games. Because wasn't LucasArts starting to get a little bit iffy about their adventure games at that point? Oh yeah, I suppose so. Um, and, and and despite that, they went ahead and did uh, Escape from Monkey Island, which is just categorically shit. Well, you know, it's got a lure bar. <laughs> that does not save it, not at all. <laughs> I mean, the first puzzle is get rid of an Australian uh, real estate manager. What yeah. game am I playing? <laughs> The four was a little bit, uh, the you know, well, once again, that's right at the end of their making adventure games. So maybe they just decided to go balls to the walls and do just whatever they could. Yeah. Also tank controls. Fuck tank controls. Yeah. yeah. That's a mistake. Mm-hmm. But once again, that was also them trying to get just something to get marketing. They're different. Uh, how do you market shit? I mean... <laughs> Well, you, you, you sell you sell it as different. You know, this isn't your typical point and click. Times have changed. We've moved on. You know, it's a new kind of game. Right. But that's the, that's the thing. It wasn't moving on. It was regressing. True. That's how you that's market it, though. You, that's not how you sell it. Yeah, that's how you market it. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so a game that I really like that Darth dislikes, uh, other than Fate of Atlantis. Um, I, um, I kind of like uh, I Have the Mouth and I'm a Scream. I haven't actually played that a lot, but what it, yeah. it didn't present a lot to me that I liked. It's very depressing. It's so depressing. I haven't gotten too far in it either just because it just keeps like beating down on you with the most yeah. pessimistic, awful stuff. Although I did like the short story for that reason, I guess just because it was short and it has an ending. Well, the whole depressing thing is actually kind of the selling point. We were talking about, uh, you know, right. Escape from Monkey Island. The selling point is that, hey, this game is shit. Um, <laughs> the selling point for uh, uh, I Have No Mouth and I'm a Scream is, hey, this game is depressing as hell. Well, the premise is awesome. Uh, it's just so much of it. Yeah. I, I, when I go to play a game, I want to have fun. Uh, well, now we're back to the whole, uh, is the purpose of playing games to have fun? Because uh, yes. playing... Playing like, uh, no, it, not necessarily, in my opinion, because playing a game no, can also be an experience. And, yeah, uh, for uh, other people, it's different. But for me, it's got to be fun. Same as when yeah. I watch movies or read a book. It's, I've got enough depressing things in my life. Yeah, it's fair <laughs> enough. Oh, that's right. You have a child. Uh, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you play stuff like uh, The Beginner's Guide. Is that fun? It's not fun. No, it's, it's kind of stimulating. It's interesting. It's stimulating. Exactly. That's the word I was looking for. It's stimulating. Um, the but same thing with the, some people. Yeah, that's what they get out of their entertainment. But uh, and uh, and I noticed on your list you have uh, like the Colonel's Bequest, which wonderful. I know a lot of people sing the uh, sing the praises of. But for me, and it's the same thing with the you know Jordan Mechner's The Last Express. It's I don't like games where I have to be somewhere at a certain point. In order to experience something right. like a Dark Seed, for instance, Dark Seed can go fuck itself. Um, I think Colonel's Bequest does it in a way that's less offensive than Dark Seed. It's still well, not Dark the best Seed is method. Un- 
Yeah, right. Dark Siege is unwinnable if you don't stand yeah. in the exact same spot that you need to be. Colonel's Bequest at least lets you, you know, if you save often enough, you can sort of try it out and try and error your way to see most of the game. But I agree, that's not the best way to play a game. That's an adventure game, but Colonel's Bequest is trying to be a murder mystery, which is a little bit... And didn't Gabriel Knight 3 do that as well, where you could possibly miss things depending yeah, on where you were? There's the active time scenes or something where you, mm -hmm. you've you got to be in the right spot at the right time where you're going to miss topics. Yeah, that's a pet peeve for really me. understand what's going on. Mm. Fantastic Warrior all, almost did that, uh, except that it had no consequences if you missed something. You did just it? went about your merry way, and then a demon well, shows up. Adrian wasn't noticing what was going on anyway, so it's fine. Adrian, Adrian was just vapid. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't think the character was meant to be vapid, but the fact that she was staring at CGI, you know, green screen, made her not be able to act anything out. Yeah, fair so. enough. Hmm. Um, uh, so, um, uh, uh, the odd thing is that when we were compiling our list of favorite games so we could bitch at each other, is that we actually have a lot of uh, similarities. We both like Blade Runner, for instance. Yeah, which it's an amazing game. It is, which gets a lot of shit for being short, and uh, the whole branching path system is uh, uh, partially randomized at the start of the game. I like it. I love it a lot, even though it has that creepy runaway with a 14-year-old, but the uh, lead designer assures me that he didn't mean it in a creepy way. It was meant to be father and daughter. Yeah, uh, but it's not. With the sex slave. <laughs> father and daughter, that <laughs> shit. With a fucking sex bot in a plastic transparent overcoat. I never played this. This sounds neat. <laughs> you didn't play the Blade Runner Adventure game by Westwood. No, I have not. Oh, you really? should. You should. It, it, it is a, an homage to Blade Runner. Hmm. Um, and by homage, I mean they went, hmm, let's change a couple of character names. Yeah, it is fantastic. And it happens concurrently with the movie. I you're see, not playing, yes. you're, Yeah, you're not playing as Harrison Ford. You're playing as another Blade Runner who's, uh, yes. uh, you know, conducting an investigation uh, simultaneously. With very similar as, characters. Uh, with very similar characters. Uh, very, very. In, very. In, fact, you, in fact, you run into the same characters as uh, yes. you know, in the movie. Hmm. You can even spot Deckard's name in the uh, the gun training. If you go into the computer, it gives Deckard's score. Yeah, and he's I the I think highest. it's very low. Hmm. Was it highest yeah, or lowest? Yeah, I think, I think it's the highest. So I thought the chick had the highest. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah Deckard is like a close second or something. Yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah, because the main character's lost because he hasn't done it yet. Yeah, exactly. The main character shit, and he's yeah. he's really inept too. Uh, I mean, Deckard is is not an, well, an inept character, but he's he's very smart actually. Presented but, uh, as inept, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, and and the character in Blade Runner is also quite inept at what he's doing. But and, and this this is the good thing about Blade Runner, as opposed to uh, Test Effect, for instance, is that because you're inept. Um, the story is, I mean, as the player character, you're trying to catch up with the story as opposed to Tesla effect where the main character is 10 steps ahead of you. Yeah. You're, you're just as confused as the main character in Blade Runner because he's confused because it's weird shit going on. Hmm. Yeah. And also he might be a replicant. It all depends. And this is a good thing. It all depends on how you treat people. This was the mechanic. Say, that depends on the, you can, that one, you can definitively say which one he is depending on which ending you get. Hmm. Yeah. So, and, and, the, and, you know, some people are randomized at the start of the game, who's a replicant, who's not a replicant, but you can you can sort of twist the game by being sympathetic towards replicants or just shooting their asses. Uh, and you can and also avoid comp people, and that's the best thing ever. 
<laughs> I never figured out the mechanics of the because it doesn't tell you how the fucking thing works. It just you gotta, is, there's like there's easy, medium, and hard questions, and you got to ask hard questions to get the stress up. But if you get the stress too far up, then they bail out. And if you ask too softer questions, it's really weird. This sounds fascinating, <laughs> honestly. It, it is. is. It, it is a great game. It is um, semi FMV. I mean, it's digitized actors. Okay. Um, but they're not actors sort of, it's weird. It's not like Phantasmagoria. Um, <laughs> they feel more like they're characters within the world, even yeah. though they are digitized. And also the uh, uh, in-game characters are voxels, which is really weird. I mean, it's pre-rendered backgrounds and the pre-rendered backgrounds sort of uh, zoom in and zoom out in FMV style, kind of like a, like Time Commando. Like is the closest uh, you know comparison I can think of right now. Hmm. Um, it sort of zooms in and out, and it's all FMV. So they put voxel characters on top of uh, looping FMVs. Ah, really. so, so the rain drizzles down, the neon lights blink and such, and it's all very, you know, the, the art in this game is magnificent. Westwood put some money into that. As they yeah, do. And apparently they put Jim Walls into it as well. What? Yes, they did. Jim Walls was co-designer of Blade Runner. Wow. I only found that out recently. He uh, yeah. apparently got called in and he helped design the game. Yes, he did. He was brought in initially as a consultant just to make the detective stuff uh, seem legit, and then he ended up basically co-designing it and getting the lead designer drunk on whiskey. Huh. Now, now gentlemen, are we here today to talk about the games we love? Because well, we have to keep going. Come on. Give us some hate. We're getting too much of a love in here. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. Yeah. There's, there's one game that I would like Bianca to mention. Because we're running low on time already here, but uh, I want to cut to the chase for one that she, I think we can guess what sort of a reaction she might have to it. <laughs> oh, I hate this game so fucking That's much. what I was hoping. Oh, this is oh, the worst yeah, fucking game. Rip. And it's and the reason I hate it so much is the tutorial was, I could not get by the tutorial. And the game is probably a good one too, but the tutorial is so condescending. Why don't you go into a little detail? Okay, Ghostmaster. I don't know if anyone else here has played Ghostmaster. Oh, Ghostmaster! <laughs> the game has such a cool concept. The game. I thought it had a, the concept sounded great when I got it. I got it on sale on Steam, so I didn't. I, I'm like, okay, it, I'm not, I wasn't expecting it to be great, but it turned out to be a steaming pile of horseshit. <laughs> oh, this thing is the biggest fucking steaming pile of horseshit I ever encountered. Not just a tutorial. It was so bloody condescending, I couldn't take it. The, the tutorial would zoom you in all over the place. It wouldn't even let you uh, click. It completely commandeered your computer. And this is before I ever played any Call of Duties. It's that base that did a lot of hold-handing during the cutscenes. Hold-handing. I don't think anyone has ever equated Call of Duty with Ghostmaster before. Because Ghostmaster <laughs> is basically... It's like a strategy game where you're trying to scare people out of your house, right? Yeah. And you're the ghosts. Yeah. Well, not just houses, but yeah. Okay. You've got. That to, sounds like a concept the... that I. That sounds like a concept that I brought up on the uh, Space Force Historian podcast, mm. um, where uh, it, that was actually a real uh, game idea of mine. Was that you are the ghost and you have to uh, scare people out of their houses by, you know, knocking paintings off the walls, possessing children, and such. Um, That's good. It's the Beetlejuice thing, basically. Yeah. yeah, well, it's essentially, there is a game on the, the Mega Drive Genesis that's the same thing um, as that. Uh, the Ghostmaster, you're more of a, you're a secondary character that places ghosts onto the map. Right, you're like and ghost they scare guy. people. Yeah, um, it sounds like a great concept. Unfortunately, the tutorial was condescending, <laughs> and it just did not let and it was 30 minutes of it talking at you. Oh, and, and how did the tutorial start? 
Do you remember? This is a house. No, before that, it's like, this is a tutorial. The tutorial yeah. is the aspect of the game that will tell you how you can play the game. It's like giving you a tutorial on tutorials. Oh, the that's tutorial is pretty offensive. fucking condescending. Yeah. <laughs> it's so offensive. Oh, that made me really angry. And <laughs> She made it about eight minutes into this game, and it did not let her play. Yeah. I mean, and it, it wasn't even it like Final Fantasy how, where how. you're expecting the cutscene to be like 30 minutes. It was the tutorial that was being 30 minutes long without letting you do something within 30 seconds. Usually, a game with a tutorial will go, okay, this is how you move. Okay, now you can move from point A to point B. At least it gives you the opportunity to move, even though you had to listen to 30 seconds of this blab, of this insipid blithering you couldn't give two shits about. At least you got to move. This game didn't let you do anything for 30 minutes it just yeah it doesn't let you there's no trial and error at all it just tells you here's how here's the way you win the game you know what the saddest <laughs> thing about that is hmm. when you beat the tutorial the next level is to play that map again oh my gosh <laughs> that should have been the tutorial really yeah you said gosh it's, um I said that, gosh. that tutorial is really bad it just brute forces you into you will do what we tell you yep um, the rest of the game is not as bad it's a lot it's very open-ended about how you do anything. Mm-hmm. But the tutorial is just horrid. Yeah, it is just so bad that if I can't get by the tutorial, as far as I'm concerned, the rest of the game is going to be a complete waste of my time. Because the tutorial should either be skippable or it should not be con- and it should be not and it should be condescending and it should have some means of letting you actually do something in it. Hey, I've always appreciated like the Half-Life or the Deus Ex uh philosophy of tutorials, which is you make the tutorial another option on the main menu and you can do it if you want to, or you can skip right to the game, like give people the option. Cause I mean, if you love, uh, if you love Ghostmaster and you finished it before, the last thing you want to do is get stuck doing that friggin' tutorial again, before you again. can play the game you yeah. like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Portal 2 does a pretty good job of the tutorial. It introduces the uh, concepts as you need them, which is nice. Oh, right. That's like the, um, Oh, the, the GDC vault talk that I saw by George Fenn, who made um, Plants vs. Zombies. His whole talk yeah. is about how that entire game is a tutorial from yeah, beginning to each, end. And each yeah. time you learn something, you, you learn it, and then you get introduced to the next. Yeah, you get something new, topic. you master it, and then you get to the next little bit where you can practice what you mastered, but you also have to master something new. I know, yeah. and it didn't even feel like a tutorial. No, which is the best possible praise for a mm-hmm. tutorial, right? Yeah, it's respectful of your time. Yeah, and most, most adventure games do this. Uh, most adventure games put you in a room and uh, expect you to sort of uh, work your way out of this room. I mean, Techno Babylon does this fantastically by uh, just putting you in a room, get used to the controls, and then once you exit the room, the game literally explodes into action. Oh yeah, yeah I love that first area of Techno Babylon. I think that was based on uh, a, a short version, or they they had like a free one room. Version of it was the game. like an escape the room game. Yeah, exactly. That yeah, exactly. Interesting. Yeah, Techno Babylon has a lot of escape the room it. sequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, Techno Babylon is basically uh, a huge collection of escape the room sequences, and I think that's because of the episodic nature that it was based on. Um, yeah. James, James uh, what's his name? James Dearden, I think. I um, who's the uh, writer? Yes. Someone uh, like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, he uh, basically did all these uh, free episodes of Techno Babylon and then Wedge and I picked it up and they just, oh, why don't you just do a full game? And he just, uh, yeah, okay, I can stitch this into a full game if you want. And he did. Um, but it does it does have that sort of escape. It's very linear in that sense. Kind of like Broken Sword 2, actually. You arrive at a place and you're supposed to not be in that place. So you escape and then you find yourself in a different place that you're not supposed to be in. And, and you must you escape, escape from this place. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Um, Techno Babylon's actually um, interesting in one way is that I'm in it. Really? Uh, one one part of me. Do tell. Uh, um, leg? Your leg? No. Uh, yeah. The other leg? Sorry. Um, my Your brain. brain. Just a brain. Uh, and one of the Ben asked me for a because he knew I had um I had a head fracture and I've got cat scans in my head. Wow. And he asked me if he could borrow one and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll send you a photo. That's awesome. Um, and he used one of them. To, obviously, he drew it, but. My brain is in there because it's the basic of it. That is awesome. That is a considering that kind of story. That is like super, super, super cool. Yeah, that yeah, is fantastic. That's somewhere the best on one cameo of I've heard of. In the background, there's a tiny little brain drawn by Ben. That is mine. That's terrific. That is fantastic. I like that. Yeah, um, I believe my name's also in the credits. Um, ben got me added. Well, I nice. was like, no, don't worry about it. It's stupid. It's just my just my brain. You know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like it's doing anything important. Yeah, but he was like, no, you should get credit. And I was like, well, if you're going to tell me, yeah, okay. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, can, I, can I bring up uh, the last game on my list that I want to bitch about that is apparently universally loved, but not by me, mm-hmm. is uh, The Longest Journey. I love that game. Hey, it's a good game. I hate that game. <laughs> it's one okay, or the it's other. That's it's, it's Darth and me versus. I don't love it, but I do. Enjoy, I did like shit. it. I thought it was pretty interesting. It's very divisive. Um, oh, I, uh, I'm in. I'm in the. Yeah. I'm, in, I'm in the rare camp of. I didn't love it, but I don't hate it. That is a rare camp. I loved it. I, I, I suppose I. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just get. I got told over and over it's how great it was. See, that's my problem. As soon as people start telling me how great a game is, I go and play it, and it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> and it ain't. That was very. And it ain't. <laughs> uh, my problem. I suppose I'm kind of in Bianca's camp. Actually, um, I like the story. I like the characters. That's all well and good. Um, but the writing. Sorry, Ragnar Twanqvist, whatever your Norwegian fucking name is. Um, <laughs> is the writing is so overwrought and it's so convinced of its own greatness that it will literally subject you to a 10-minute non-skippable dialogue scene where two people stand in front of a fucking wall and just talk <laughs> at each other. Ragnar himself has the same criticism of this old game of his. Really? Why the hell yeah. did he make it like that? Because it was his first real game and he was all ambitious and stuff. So what's his excuse oh, for stop fucking being ambitious. Stop that. Dreamfall is a lot less, it's a little more cinematic and a little more movie-like than The yeah. Longest Journey. Longest Journey was very like expository, blah, blah, blah. Which one of them has the puzzle about inflating the duck thing? That's the uh, longest the journey. Yep, that's that's, that's an infamous like cat hair mustache kind of a puzzle. Yeah, yeah. that's, a, also, that's kind of a get... ridiculous puzzle. But it didn't. But that puzzle didn't piss me off as much as any of the sliding puzzles I've had to do, or the one fucking pu- or that fucking airplane puzzle in fucking Golden Way. Oh. The rest of the game is fine. <laughs> I like that game. I hate that fucking airplane puzzle. Oh. It is so infuriating. The controls are funky. <laughs> I want to ring that fucking puzzle that fucking neck. Francisco is going to be our guest on the podcast in a couple of weeks. I look forward run, to you chatting with him about run. that. <laughs> it's a it's gonna be yeah. great. Just, just, just say airplane puzzle at him and just watch him weep. Well, I'm kind of um, appreciating here how our differentiation between games we accept or games we hate is kind of whether we can get past that suspension of disbelief or whether some aspect of the game has hooked us enough that we forgive it for its foibles. Well, I, I will forgive the longest journey for a lot of things. Uh, I will not forgive it for uh, having really, really vapid dialogue that pretends to be. Um, you know, sort of uh, cerebral and stuff. Yeah, the and, dialogue and, is 
the dialogue is yeah, just that, way I'm, over yeah, the top. So you can you can tell that Ragnar really wants to be a writer. Yeah. <laughs> the developers of the game wanted to, you know, animate a movie like uh, Blizzard does in, you know, Warcraft. It has shit, no editor. They weren't, weren't really interested in making a game. Yeah, they need an the editor. Puzzles, yeah, the puzzles kind of fall by the wayside. And once you get to Dreamfall... You've got the fucking sneak sections. I mean, the part where you're running yeah. around the under, uh, underground caves being yeah. chased by trolls. That's bullshit. That is utter, utter bullshit. Never put sneaking in an adventure game. No, uh, please. Uh, 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 Charles Cecil, you fucking crocodile. I'm looking at you. <laughs> broken Sword 3. I mean, come on. No, hang on. Uh, what, what Broken Sword? Well, the uh, uh, third one. Third one has oh, sneaking no, sections. Oh, no. It's Broken Sword 1 and 2. I've never heard of a third one. <laughs> oh, where right. Where the third it's, one have come from? It's been erased from your memory, hasn't it? Just, that's gone. Kind of like but Indiana Jones. I think four, four was worse. Oh, what? What? Mm, yeah, sorry, Crystal Skull? Skull? No, never heard of it. <laughs> if we're going to talk about the, the final game, uh, the final game that I really want to talk about that I hate is Noctropolis. Oh, mm. shit. Because um, Noctropolis, really want, yeah, I, I wanted I really, that to work. I really wanted it, to like that. It's this whole like you know Batman comic thing, and you're like, yeah, this Batman fan, comic fan, is going to go into the world and he's going to have all this cool shit to talk about and the game's going to be so amazing and you go in there and the character barely talks about anything. So you're left a fish out of water with nothing to to guide you and then you can die during conversations. <laughs> Which is what they did in Martian Memorandum. Noctropolis was built on the same engine that they did uh, Martian Memorandum on. Actually, oh. it's built by uh, Bruce Carver, who was a uh, producer at Access Software. And after he left, he uh, formed this other company. I don't know, whatever. Um, but it's, it, I mean, you can tell when you play Noctropolis, this is basically Martian Memorandum in SVGA. Mm. It mm. looks very nice. It's an amazing looking game. Yeah. Uh, the acting is horrible. <laughs> you've got you've got a main character who is essentially meant to be this uber fan. So you're a fish out of water because you've not, you've got no knowledge of this character or this world from the comic book. And yet the fan that should be able to explain everything doesn't do anything with it. You'd think he'd at least be amazed by the world that he's suddenly been pulled into, but he's just like, meh. Yeah, he's completely nonplussed. And the only yeah. help he gets is from this dominatrix uh, kind of bitch who follows him around uh, in this like leather jumpsuit. Uh, yeah. And he's basically just like, oh, by the way, you've got a healing pool in your basement. Uh, why don't you jump into it? It's like, oh, fuck you, bitch. I'm not going to do that. Oh, actually, it does heal me. Never mind. And then <laughs> there she was also, there's the scene with the bomb where like this tiny bloody pixel hunt to find the bomb in the altar. And you've got to have found an item in another scene before it that you can't go back to that was also a pixel hunt. Oh, God damn that game. It yeah. annoyed the piss out of me. Because I'm not, not going to have any complaints here. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even finish it. I really wanted to like I, it. I didn't either. I went to look through a walkthrough and I read a little bit into the walkthrough and I went, right, no, nah, screw this shit. I'm out. <laughs> it's not getting better. Um, exactly. But the intro, the intro nailed me. I was so excited after watching the intro. I was like, yeah, this is the kind of thing I'm into. And then the game just goes, nah, screw yeah, exactly. you. Exactly. The intro is fantastic. The intro is uh, a weird person shows up at your door, uh, delivers a package. The package happens to contain a uh, interdimensional teleporter. <laughs> well, it's, it's meant to, it's the comic book that's not out yet. It's not meant to be out for like another week or something. And you've got it early, but it sucks you into the comic book world. Yeah. And you have to sort of take up the mantle of the comic book hero. You get a cape and everything. And you're just, okay. Batman. 
yeah, so great, I'm going to go out and do superhero shit. No, yeah. you're not. No, you're yeah. definitely not. <laughs> you're going to talk to one of your allies who is going to kill you mid-conversation because you clicked the wrong A, B, or C choice. Hope you saved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you can't save during conversations either. And you can get into almost an infinite loop where the only option is to repeat or die. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Everyone should play Noctropolis. Uh, uh, I was just going to say Dark Seed because that's basically the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, watch watch the intro movie and then like play that first like five minutes of like, wow, this is amazing, and then realize that this game is not going to meet your expectations at all. No. Ever. <laughs> like Dark Seed. <laughs> like Dark Seed. Which is, oh, yeah. We wanted Cthulhu, but we couldn't quite get enough. No, we got HR Giger. We're not actually going to use it for anything constructive. Mm-hmm. We're going to have timed puzzles, which, yeah. you know, timed puzzles are not the best. No. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's our list, I guess. All right. Oh, and if I can, I, I've never played Noctopolis, but if I can say one positive thing about it coming back onto Steam, it was, or into the, being published onto modern computers, it was brought back by a company called Night Dive Studios. Which oh, yeah. is a Those great company. Oh, no dive studios. No nose dive. Night dive studio. <laughs> Night dive studio. Yeah, nose dive. <laughs> so they're they're awesome because they've been bringing back all of these old games and making them compatible with modern PCs. I think their next announced project is going to be a remake of System Shock One. Yep. Yes, I just heard about that. Today. Which is wonderful. I'm really which, happy which to hear would about be this. Awesome. A, a System Shock you can actually control. Exactly. Wow. I was about to say, uh, System Shock One and Two are, are games that I want to love, but. Yeah. That UI and that control scheme, yeah. even though I'm from the generation that could have played it at the time, yep. playing it now is like, no, stop. It really is <laughs> hard to get into. And I, uh, I recommend uh, that you check out uh, the Upper Memory Block podcast. Um, Umbo! Umbo. Joe, Joe Mastriani covered uh, the System Shock games in his last his last show or two shows ago? I forget now. His last show. Uh, two shows, I think. Was it? Uh and also, uh, in the same breath, let's just bring up Bioforge, another game that I desperately wanted to oh. love. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, con- the tank controls and, and combat. Yeah, but the yeah. fucking controls. I mean, combat. I've never seen more sluggish combat in my life. Yeah. It's you like, could not do anything. It's like Alone in the Dark just, with molasses all over you. Oh, <laughs> Alone in the Dark. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, Alone in the Dark is like a prototype. <laughs> but by, by, by the time they put out Bioforge, you think they They should have known better. Too. Yeah. yeah. And a, a, a combat in Fireforge was just like doing one slow ass roundhouse kick after another, and just praying it would connect. Yeah, I know you do these like beautiful pirouettes as a, like this robotic yeah. ballerina, basically, and that's the combat. Although <laughs> that I will, could it, make an amazing game. It could have been, and boy, that game was like dripping with amazing mood and setting. That game yeah. was just so awesome to be in it, until I mean, you had to do something. I mean, just listen to this sentence. You can pick up a guy's severed arm and beat him to death with it. To steal a that fork. That sentence, yeah, that sentence is awesome. It sure Actually is. doing it that whole, is No, that scene was still awesome. That's what I played in the demo. I played it over and over and over because it was so funny. But then it just, and it's painful. I did finish it amazingly when really? it was around, about, about when it was new, but with much difficulty. <laughs> Jesus. Well, how did These you? games of the I don't time, remember. they had an excuse that you probably weren't going to buy another game for a little while. Exactly. So you were either going to finish this or you were going to put a lot of hours into it just desperately to be like, please have made this worth the money. Of course. Whereas nowadays, I think we're on track to have about 5,000 games released on Steam this year. Yeah. This if year. a game doesn't grab you in the first couple of minutes nowadays, it's just throw it back down and go find another one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. There, really there's like- another one out there. 
they're like five bucks each and such. Um, uh, on my list of uh, bad games that I actually like, I have The Orion Conspiracy, Inherit the Earth, and Harvester. I haven't played oh. Harvester yet. I own it on GOG. I have to play that. It looks nice and gory. It's, it, it's, it's completely one of those games, idiotic. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those games that I keep hearing things about, and it's like this game is dumb and stupid and bad, but you're probably going to like it, and I'm really hoping I do. I can go for that. Uh, here, here's but, the worst part. Harvester is not dumb. It actually has a very uh, interesting idea and a very interesting message about violence and video games and such. It's hmm. very ham-fisted, though. Like, really, like, in your face, please. I mean, there's a, there, there's a scene where you walk up to a lady and she keeps going, please compliment me. I think my skin is not quite right. I think I'm, I'm a bit too fat <laughs> and such. And if you don't compliment her enough, she tears her fucking face off. Sweet. My wife's in the game? <laughs> 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 so Har- I'm so, Harvester I'm so glad she's asleep. <laughs> it's it's it, it, Harvester is a guilty pleasure, and so is Orion Conspiracy, and so is Inherit the Earth. <laughs> well, we, Bianca and I have a whole bunch of games on our list, but we'll hold it for another podcast because I think we're low on time. Unless uh, Darth, do you have any other uh, anything else that you wanted to mention before we uh, bid adieu? Well, I would say that we should all talk about the worst game ever made, which is Box Office Bust. Oh, fuck. Oh, I played like a minute of that. That's all I could stand. It was horrible. Go to hell. Poor Aldo. Worst game ever fucking made. Yeah, yeah. how could they do that behind Aldo's back? Why would they, why well, would they bring up this? He didn't have anything to do with it. That was exactly. long enough. It's just like, let's ruin. Le- but my question is, you've managed to get a hold of Legislate Larry, which means you've probably got a hold. I mean, it's. That's the same people who got a hold of King's Quest and Space Quest. And it means Quest. you have a whole demographic of Why like... Why did you make Legends of Larry? Yeah, you have this whole demographic of like thoughtful point-and-click adventure gamers with patience. Why would you do that to this name that's only familiar to them? Oh, here's yeah, another thing. Uh, uh, the rights to Lisa Suit Larry are not in the hands of Activision. It's the only Sierra title that's actually in the hands of Codemasters. Uh, a British uh, uh, game developer. Mm. Oh, they, some- they, do, they do McCray Rally. Yeah, and uh, for fucking reason, they have the rights to Lisa Suit Larry and everything else, like King's Quest, Space Quest, and such, is in the hands of Activision. But uh, for some reason, for some reason, Codemasters has Lisa Suit Larry. Did Activision walk up and go, "That's the one series we're not taking"? I don't know. <laughs> or did Codemasters have like some secret deal with El Lo? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's peculiar. Yeah. So that's the reason. That's that's the reason why it's someone. But but the fact is, that not only did they do box office bust, they did uh, they did two Magna games. Cum Magna Cum Loud. Yeah, Magna Cum Loud, which was the one I played, and I was just like, nope. It was idiotic, but game. some of the dialogue actually I found funny, and I love the mini game where you have to like you have your little sperm thing, and you have to either dodge <laughs> or collect little icons, and that affects in real time how the conversation is going. That was very clever. No, it wasn't. Please take a step back and, that was and evaluate your life uh, life choices at this point because that was fucking. That was well, just I thought it was actually considering shit. that the uh, considering you know you're thinking of your dick as a dude, and uh, you know <laughs> if you say the wrong thing, you're a complete uh, penis head, and if you say the right thing, you don't come across as such a dick. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I've just been on top. <laughs> he's always going to be a complete dick. Right. True, but uh, it's whether he's a smooth talking dick. Yeah, and you're thinking of your penis, so, so naturally the sperm seems like the right thing to do, and the sperm. That's guys, right? Exactly. <laughs> see, that's, okay, maybe I've been on top for too long. Right. <laughs> the the, the Larry games were never about Larry being 
a poon hound. Mm. They were about him trying to find love. Yeah. It just happened that he'd have a couple of sexual escapades along the way and then he'd find the person that was right for him. That's right. And normally those sexual escapades would be backfire on him. Well, thank you for saying it that way. That's how I've argued in favor of Larry as well. Well, actually, a lot of it's really offensive now, but, you know. Yeah. Well, the, the first game was actually about losing your virginity. Uh, but then, but of course, the, the sequel. But he learns yeah. from it in the first game that it's not fulfilling enough, and he goes right away to look to find someone to be married to. Exactly. And and a, a cute story, the uh, uh, statistics uh, back in the olden days was that uh, the amount of, um, you know, the amount of players that played Lisa Larry were predominantly women. Really? Yeah, statistically, uh, more women played Lisa Sutler than men did. Well, you know, you got to get your rocks off somehow. <laughs> I guess some, I guess some people like middle-aged, balding, fat men. Yeah, well, I hope so. <laughs> or just the fact that you have to actually uh, guide this loser dude around and try to help him find love. I mean, it's kind of endearing in a way. It's it is, however, very hard in, in a, you know like a, a dinner party situation with your family to try and explain. Well, I'm playing this game. <laughs> well, Lisa Sutler Two is one of my most hated games. No, 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 no. We will horrible. fight. We will <laughs> no, fight. I love Sue is one of the worst games. Yeah, kind of. It's, it's no. just a collect the right bunch of items. Here's a bunch of death scenes. Hope you threw away that that uh, uh, the guacala, guacamole. The sandwich sandwich. Yeah, yeah, the dip. Gonna throw that away. Oh, you're on a plane. You better make sure you brought this and this and that. Oh, you didn't. You're dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, it is a very unfair game, but it does deserve love. Kind of like Space Quest 2. Space Quest 2 is unfairly maligned, in my point. I think Space Quest 2 is a much better game than Lizard Suit Larry 2. Al Law is a much better designer than what Ellis... Uh, but, uh, but at least what Lisa Suit Larry 2 did was try to introduce some sort of story. And it perhaps went too far, and the puzzles are kind of... Uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of like a middle finger that- to the player. Yeah. It barely made sense. It's like Larry's this got a secret spy object, but it barely has anything to do with what's going on. Because he's yeah, like dim-witted and bumbles away. Yeah, he's oblivious. That's why. Yeah, I suppose. It's supposed yeah. to be like a comedic thing like that, I guess. Yeah, so, well, it, so. it might have been funny, but it just didn't really spark it with me. Although the scene with the the reeds going underneath his fingernails is his fingernails is funny. Oh right, the saxophone reeds. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Because that would really hurt. I'm sure. Yeah, that is evil, and that's that's a, that's actually you know a saxophonist writing a game, uh, putting in his real life nightmare. Yeah, that was cool. Well, you know, finger, stuff under the fingernails would be yeah no. Oh <laughs> uh, no no no! Please please thank you. The only worst thing about uh, stuff under your fingernails is anything to do with the eyes. I mean, I watch a lot of horror movies. I'm cool yeah, with most of the. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm cool with most of you know gore and such, but people putting things in their eyes. Yeah, I'm done. Uh, I can't do that. <laughs> don't watch Zombie then. Okay, I won't. Okay. No, trust me, don't. <laughs> it's it has a very brutal eye scene. Well, on that note, <laughs> why don't we why don't we uh, put this one in the can and call it a day? Good yes. stuff. We, we've covered most of the games that I hate, and we've covered the games. <laughs> we covered most of the games at the beginning before we even started. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I had I had. Uh, Mobius and uh, where's my list now? I had uh, Mobius and Tesla Effect on my list, which we I think we got to. Oh, we we got to Tesla Effect after anyway. And what did I have? Um, yeah, do you want to just read off your list quickly? I'll read off mine and then we'll call it a day. Okay, I have Realm of the Mad God, 
Super Hexagon, Dracula Origins, Team Fortress 2, and Circuits. I don't know Circuits. Me. I don't know any of those. Well, so I, I, I know. Was I know a most game I got. I couldn't get past second level, and I got a rebun on Steam. Oh. It was just badly designed and not and completely non-intuitive. Oh, well, I, I had Tesla Effect. Oh, you're gonna love this one. I have Freddy Farkas. I hate that game. No! Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Darth actually put that on his favorite games list. Yeah, I know he did. I hate that game. I have Deus Ex: Human Revolution. I have Mobius. Typing of the Dead Overkill. Ah, then I have okay. Simon by Ralph Baer, the one where you have to like hit the number, the, the colored blocks in order and with the sounds. I hate All that. Sunsets. And then I have Tapper, the old arcade game that just boils oh, my blood. Yeah. That pisses me off. That's what I got. Yeah. Like I'm going to do one of the few one. Yeah. So we've I'm been going to read off my list of favorite games. Uh, <laughs> do you want to read your is, list of favorites? Go for it. Because uh, I don't have a list of hated games. I have a list of favorite games, which is what we, you know, Darth and I sent to each other. Right. Uh, mine was uh, Space Quest, obviously. Oh, three and four. really? Um, Did you like Space Quest? Yeah, really. Yeah, actually, you know, surprise. Yeah, big surprise. Goodness. <laughs> Beneath the Steel Sky, Tex Murphy, three and four. That means Under Killing Moon and Pandora Directive. Uh, Day of the Tentacle, Gabriel Knight one. Star Trek, A Final Unity. I love that game. Hmm. Um Blade Runner, and, trigger warning, Fate of Atlantis. <laughs> See, there's not much you can pick on there. They're actually mostly good games, except for Fate of Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Um, and I did actually put in a little message about, I don't like any of the Telltale games I've played, Tales of Monkey Island, Sound Max, or Packs of the Future, fuck off, and Walking Dead especially, piss the fuck off. Uh, longest Journey, I've covered that. Siberia is incredibly boring, and oh, every King's Quest game. game in the world can lick my balls. Siberia got obnoxious, though. We didn't finish it because it was too annoying. Siberia shit. We got all the way to the second part, but it was I, I, I really stopped it. caring. Did you? Yeah, I finished the first one. I didn't finish the second one. Oh, so is that you, the uh, books out of, like, this huge train? Yeah, yes. you you hump the mammoth? That's how you finish? Yeah, pretty much. Also, also still life. Still life can kind oh, of... Oh, that's an awful game. I like the ending. The ambiguous, idiotic, non-ending. I like that. The rest was I like, horrible. I like that as well. I actually finished that game before that I used to walk through. Yeah, I like how you have to spend 35 minutes figuring out how to bake cookies. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, fuck that. And the lockpicking lock puzzle is especially, my God, what the fuck am I doing? Oh, I don't remember that. Just the cookies and yeah. the non-ending and switching between characters. That's all I remember. Also, yeah. Switching and, and between I, and characters would be good if it's done right. And for Man, some reason, because apparently I'm a masochist, I bought Still Life 2. Uh, and it turns into like Saw the adventure game. <laughs> yeah. What? Why? No, there was Saw the game, so you know. Oh uh, well, fuck that noise. Anyway, it was actually I'm done. Saw two the game as well. So. Oh. <laughs> well, I think we're gonna hold it at, at here because we've had a uh, voluminous, lovely, long podcast, and it's been a hell of a lot of fun talking with you all. Uh, thank you, Trolls and Darth. Thank you very, very much for uh, joining us this week. It's great to chat with you. Yeah, thanks oh, for thank inviting you. me. And you too, Bianca. Thank you for venting on your many, many. Ah! Bilious rants. It's always say refreshing. Cunt yeah, say cunt again. Cunt. Thank you. Why Thank do you. I have to say what? it again? Didn't hear it. Go say it louder. Cunt. I'm all the way in Australia. Really <laughs> well, I'm up. sorry. Are you upside down on your head? Yeah. Yes. Rand McNally. Say it loud. <laughs> say it like you mean it. Yes. There you go. Fucking cunt face. There. Yeah. You happy now, cunt face? Yeah. Oh, oh beautiful. Join oh, the dark side. I'm reborn. <laughs> all right, ladies and gents. If you have any wonderful, delightful swear words or uh, swear words to say about games that you hate, we always love to hear from you. You can catch us on the web, squarefm.demodulated.com, by email, squarefm at demodulated.com, and on 
Twitter. Stop beeping, Ho. At Twitter, we are at Square Waves FM. I, I, I literally thought you were going to say cunt. <laughs> cunt. All right. With that, thank you very, very much for joining us, ladies and germs, and we'll talk to you this time next week. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> that was very foul mouthed and uh, unpleasant. Thank you.